fucking love Hulk Hogan. Thank him again. <laughs> love can't, it. Can't help but dance to that song every time. Yeah, thanks thanks again, Hulk Hogan, for, for doing that uh, that intro music for us. Uh, really appreciate those guys. Uh, Nick Passy's back in the studio, by the way. I don't know if you've heard. Solo or, yeah, more or with solo. his posse? Mo- more solo shit. And I got to tell you, like I listened to his solo shit again this weekend as we went down to St. George, and it's good. He's just really good. Technically, it was on the way back from St. George. Yeah, you're going to have to talk better into the microphone if you're going to share. You can't just reach up to it. Just turn that sucker. There you go. Maybe less violently, though, because I can't edit those out. <laughs> uh, this is the New Utah Podcast. Um uh, episode 124. Fuck, we've been doing this a long time. It's a party episode. Um, well. <laughs> Literally and I figuratively. Guess, I guess. So we have we have actually uh, two very special guests with us uh, again uh, in the case of both of them. Uh, so we have uh, Josh Cameron uh, with us. And Josh, what are you, you're, run, you're actually running for something. So right? I'm running for uh, school board in Granite District 6 against Karen Winder. So going up against Utah royalty. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I've heard of Winder, the name before. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that name's kind of cheesy. <laughs> For those, probably maybe the uh, the most iconic reason to, to know of Karen Winder at this point is because her husband, Mike, uh, in 2016, had three pseudonyms banned from Wikipedia as he was going in trying to expunge unethical behavior that, that was captured there. <laughs> yeah, and so Jeez. he kept getting caught and caught and caught. And so... What really concerns me there is just the fact that um, whether you are pro-Mormonism or not, uh, Mormonism in a nutshell basically tells women to take a back seat. It concerns me that he would likely be in the driver's seat. Well, and apparently get the fuck off of social media for 10 days. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we also have with us uh, Alex. Uh, Alex, I can't fucking say your name. Castanago. Castanio. Castanio. I don't know. <laughs> I got, don't feel bad. When you have two first names, it's a lot easier. Chris slaughters the easy names, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Your name could be Smith, and I'd say it's Smith. Smith. <laughs> if I can get it wrong. Uh, anyway, Alex, uh, you're also running for office. Correct? I am. I am running for a state senate district nine. Um, so that covers all of uh, Sandy. And it's actually an open seat. So it was uh, Wayne Niederhauser, who is the president of the Senate, and so he's retiring. Thank and God. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's sure. gone, and I decided, uh, yeah, to run. And I'm. Uh, it's just me against the uh, new Republican they put in on the ballot. So. It's an uphill battle, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> well, and you're not running as a Democrat, right? No. No, I'm under the United Utah Party. You got that going for you because mm. the D is like an automatic loss of 40% of the vote. Yeah. So. And that's, yeah, that's the thing in Sandy is that, you know, um, you know, people have asked, oh, why not Democrat? I'm like, it's, you know, it's just a fact. You can't win in Sandy as a Democrat. Well, and to be fair, just, yeah. I mean, Sandy got rid of a bunch of fucking people last election, so there's, yeah. there's a chance. Yeah, the, that, and that's the thing. There is change that historically has been one way, but it is changing so much. So under the United Utah Party, it's the best option. So, so yeah. and we'll, we'll get more into that. It's going to be a bit of a, a special uh, politicky episode. Um, we're in election season, and we talk all about Utah, so we're going to talk a lot about Utah politics. Um so uh, a little bit shorter intro. Um, I don't. Do you guys want to talk about anything you did this weekend? My phone story can wait. Oh, dude, that's a fucking good story. <laughs> though. And I did everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
He made some cakes. I saw that. Like fucking three cakes, two dozen cupcakes, finished trim on laminate that I just laid, painted, carpet cleaned, worked, went to the farmer's market, interviewed, went to a cemetery. That's about it. Did you go to the Oval? No. I don't have time. You are a fucking terrible human. Can we expect no, to see I, a I, sent her, I actually sent her an email and apologized that none of us made it. So um, she said, anytime we want to go, we can. Yeah, I, we uh, we went to southern Utah to visit our kids while the roofers uh, didn't finish my roof until yesterday. <laughs> you know, we've had no rain for like five I months. I mean, the week the day they tear your roof off, the storms come in. I know. So the fucking week it's raining. And now the storms are gone and we have a roof again. Yeah, well, it's supposed to rain it's tonight. It's so. tonight, yeah. And that shitty weatherman on Fox 13 told me that, like, stumbling over his words. Well, if they said on Fox, you can believe it. Well, Fox 13 is a great local news station. To Fox, be are, I, I'm on the ground at so many protests, so many. I mean, between to the end of 2016 till now, I've been to maybe 100 different protests and rallies. And Fox 13 is likely going to be the only one there if there's only going to be one to show up. Like, they're they're pretty incredible. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic for local coverage. And they are not, for the record, not really affiliated with Fox News, that bullshit fucking tabloid news network that proclaims to be something. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's jump into events, I guess, real quick, Jess. <laughs> She's like, what, what is the 20 minutes? She's so? like, fuck, I was still dicking around on my phone. How do I... I'm not dicking around. <laughs> You have to talk into the mic. You guys want to post, you're more than welcome to. Uh, it would be awesome. Mm, that's <laughs> We love you, Jess. <laughs> hey, I posted something last week on our Twitter. You did? Yeah, and everyone thought it was Jess. And she's like, yeah. no, I'm pretty sure that was Chris. <laughs> I gave you proper credit. <laughs> to be fair, it was pretty pretty politically polarizing, I guess. I don't. Did you guys see that song, by mm-hmm. the way, that girl posted that mm-hmm. I re- reshared and reshared and... Mm-hmm. It's fucking all over the place. Deborah Jensen is the one that shared it, and I adore her. So. Yeah, it's circulating the, what, what song? the internet. It's just a girl that's singing like how... It's a girl singing about how mm. hard it is for white dudes. Yeah. Um, by talking about... So it's sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, well, that's she so talks awesome. about how... And she's probably like 16. She can't live on an apartment on the first floor, and she can't have an extra drink at the club, and she can't go out, she can't wear a skirt, but you know, poor, poor white dude. They're getting mistreated. Those those white teenage boys that are acting like fucking shithole rapists. They got to worry about themselves. Why can't we have these shithole rapists pull uh, Roger Ailes? Like, why can't we say, hey, you're a fucking shitbag racist, and they all have heart attacks and die? Like, the, the, the legit shitbag racists and, and, and sexual predators. Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, what were we watching yesterday with Bill Cosby? Uh, was it uh, Jim, Jeffries. Jim Jeffries? And he's like, hey, look, black people have finally made it in the prison system. <laughs> he's like, we finally have a black man that got a uh, middle-aged white guy sentence. <laughs> There's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. Motherfucker shit. I mean, look, he's going away for three to eight years. That's basically probably life for the guy. I saw him like five years ago on stage, and yeah, he's he's pretty much done. I don't think he'll make it to his sentence. No. <laughs> he's he's going to die. But that's all right. He needs to die in prison. Sick son of a bitch. Anyway, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do events? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That was a good segue, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, so tom- Wednesday, if you hear this prior during the day while you're at work, um, thank you for listening that quickly. Shireen. Yeah. So Shireen has her town hall on education at West high school and it's at six o'clock. So if you can make it to that, it's going to be awesome. Um, we talked about it last week that 
the the awesome Westshire Home Tours is happening through Preservation Utah. So if you want to see some really awesome mid-century modern homes in West Valley, it's totally worth the $20. Hey, I got a question for you. Who fucking taught you how to make currency symbols? Because all the notes that you have, you have the prices for things. That I always put it behind. And you put it behind. That's it drives my boss crazy, too. Because it's not fucking right. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Nobody's looking at it but you. <laughs> yeah, I, I went. If I'm posting in a public por- in a public forum, then I then I do it correctly. Then you do it correctly, but uh-huh. otherwise, you're like, I just want to fuck with people. Basically, why don't you just camel case everything then? Now she knows you read the show notes. I, I'm the only motherfucker that reads the show notes most days. Basically, yeah, Brie reads them. She so, just gave me the dirtiest look. Um, also. So while fact, we're I rec- write most of them. While we're recording this is the Romney-Wilson uh, debate down at Southern Utah University. On the 15th is the fourth congressional debate at the Sandy campus, the Slick campus. So if you want to go to that, which you should go support Ben McAdams because he needs it. Yeah, yeah, um, that, man, that campaign's getting fucking nasty. It is. It is pretty bad. I get like three flyers a week. I get them all from Mia. I'm like, I don't want your stuff, but thanks. I get flyers from her that are paid for by me all the fucking time. um, (laughs) Crotchety I wanted to pick a couple of things that were coming up in the future just because of, like, classes filling up. Um... The, so Alan from our Water Pocket that we love, he is doing a continuing education class for the U of U on November 1st, and he is going to be teaching a class about his Amaro liqueur, and it's going to be at Cafe Trio. It's $64 for the class, and you can go to... Um, it's the U of U continuing education page. I'll post a link to it. But he is so knowledgeable and passionate about this stuff that this is a class that is definitely worth taking. We, is he teaching how to make it? No, I, I think just, just like history. It? They have he has six different ones from around the world that he's going to be taste that they're going to be tasting. So like we've talked to him, like we know that like, and he's one of really one of a kind in Salt Lake that's creating these liqueurs. So. And Olio's been doing those continuing ed classes with you as well, haven't they? Beard. They did one. They did a beard a beard class. Um, two more markets, two more farmer's markets in on the outside in the fall and the cold. It was so cold on Saturday morning. I, I felt so bad for all of them. It's like dying, too. It's, there's not very many people. It doesn't matter. There were still pumpkins, and I bought them. So... Um, but then they but then take they, like then they move inside though. You're yeah. putting that dude's kids through college. So, <laughs> so they, uh, yeah. So uh, they have a two week break and then they start back up in November over at the Rio Grande. So less the heroin this year. It's yes. gonna be really weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> another cool event that is happening on the 18th at the West Jordan Wise Guys is a, a comedy for a cause, and it's I, I was looking up this. Uh, organization and it is called Life is Possible and they basically train dogs um, for like support pets and they're based out of Harriman and so like Jay will be there, Travis will be there Specifically support pets for veterans Nope for for everyone, well, most of the shit medical. Veterans, like so. if you if you go on their Facebook page, they have people with medical issues, 
um, yeah, veterans too, but it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I think the tickets are $25 and you can, like I said, go see our peeps like Jay Whitaker and Travis Tate. Um, Alex Valuto will be there. So that will be awesome. Uh, coming up on the 23rd, another debate. If you're down further south and you like John Curtis and James Singer, you can go hear them. That will be at UVU. Um, and then I found this really awesome event because we're about to vote for this. On the 19th and 20th, there is a convention called, it's the Utah's First Medical Cannabis Conference. Cannabis Con? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. it's called Utah. It's it's Utah Can, so it's Utah C A N N dot com. Um, I was looking through the schedule. It's amazing panels. There's 50 vendors. They have doctors. They have politicians. Um, it's just really about educating the public. Uh, tickets are anywhere from twenty dollars to two hundred dollars, just depending upon the type of samples? experience that you want. Well, no, sample. that's fucking illegal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> In the back alley behind the Mountain America. It's Expo a good place Center. if you're undecided. We're going to talk about uh, Prop 2 in a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a good place to get some more information. Even if you just want to go look at the schedule to see if this was something that you're interested in, it is, it looks, I would even go and just listen because like Jim DeBacchus will be there, Steve Urquhart will be there, Sim Gill will be there. There's some doctors, the former CEO of Overstock is speaking. So it's, it's a pretty, it's big. I hope it'll be big. Yeah, it's. Uh, I worry that it that this kind of conference just fuels the douchebags that are are trying to propel really bad, you know, really bad press for Prop Two. I and think I, that's a fair uh, a fair worry, but at the same time, we we can't just live in a state of fear. Like we have to. the The point of being brave is that you're afraid, and then you act anyway, right? Yeah, I just worry two weeks out from election if that's the right time. I got a flyer on that one today showing some so. drugged out kid and prop. Oh, fuck the commercials for prop two are ridiculous. I wonder how much money the LDS church is pouring into that shit. I know a lady that's in one of them. Yeah, I'm waiting for a can con brings reefer madness. Yeah, it's <laughs> bound to I have happen. A couple of events. I don't know if this is a good time sure. or later. Yeah. If you've got events, this is the time. All right. Because um, it's not allowed. Once we pass this point, <laughs> I don't fucking talk about if it's it. Not allowed. <laughs> you can't go back. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get in right now. Um, yeah, so this Saturday, um, which is the 13th of October, uh, I'm just having a big canvassing event. So if you'd like to go to that, um, then you can go to my website or Facebook. It's just folkstanio.com. And um, yeah, you can, you can find that and sign up for it and then I'll give you some work to do and then on halloween i'm having a civility isn't dead uh party so basically whole community is invited is gonna have a graveyard in front of my house and people can come have hot chocolate candy um you know also a little bit of a fundraiser you can meet me and yeah it should just be fun kind of a last hurrah so i'll be on halloween cool cool so uh, we're going to get into, I don't know where we want to start. We want to start with the, the ballot initiatives. We kind of wanted to to give you guys a show that is a whole bunch of shit all packed into one thing uh, in terms of, of things going on on the ballots. 
Um, it's tough to talk about specific races in a lot of instances because it is different for everyone in the state of Utah. The ballot initiatives, the constitutional amendments are the same across the board. Um, uh, there's no Senate race. Oh, there is a Senate race, but not really this year. <laughs> um, so we will talk about that. Um, and, and we might talk about a couple of the, the competitive House races. Um, and then obviously we'll talk about, you know, what these guys are doing here that are with us. Um, why don't we start with the Senate race? Because um, it's probably the the biggest not race, I think. I don't know. So uh, Jenny Wilson uh, is the Democratic candidate running against Mitt Romney. Uh, there's probably like 15 fucking sub-party candidates. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that on the ballot yet. Um, my guess is, and I haven't seen poll numbers. I guess I could look them up. But my guess is Mitt Romney's just going to win in a landslide there i went to a press release with jenny talking about making sure that our our public areas are nice and clean so we can actually enjoy them and i believe this was give or take three weeks ago and she was at like 39 maybe like she was she was pretty low yeah that's that's pretty rough i mean Mitt romney is the golden child here uh in the state of utah for the olympics and do you think he will wave people away getting on an elevator <laughs> the, the, the elevator's just for his car. He might if he spends fucking 40 years in the Senate uh, and is only retiring so he doesn't pull a Strom Thurmond and die in office. And tell him to grow up. Yeah, fucking douchebag. Um, <laughs> I don't... And I voted for him. Uh, I will be the first to admit that I voted for him uh, and the last six years have been god-awful from Hatch. So... Um, so, yeah, um, let's see. What's the last polls I saw? Uh, yeah, she's not even breaking 30% in any poll. Okay, right maybe now. it was 29 then that I saw. Yeah, 29 was the most recent Dan Jones at the end of August. Um, nope, Dan Jones did another one after that, and she was at 26. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's uh, she's way behind. Romney's up above 55 in every poll, which, you know, significantly, I mean, she's just not going to win. So I, I don't I hate talking about the fact that she's so far behind, but I don't think it's it's implausible to say that's probably just not a race we should be putting any kind of real effort behind. Um, I mean, Democrats need someone to run uh, and they definitely want to campaign for someone. But the amount of fucking email about supporting Jenny Wilson's campaign and fundraising for her that I get from the Democratic Party is appalling. Uh, and I really wish they would focus those efforts on races that are winnable and on some House races inside the state and some Senate races inside the state that are that are actually races that we could potentially win. Um, if they would have put as much effort into Jenny Wilson's campaign uh, that they're putting into that campaign into, uh, for instance, uh, Misty Snow's campaign, uh, she had a real chance of beating Mike Lee, an incumbent. Um, she gave him damn near the same kind of numbers that Jenny Wilson's pulling out. And she had zero fucking support from yep. the party two years ago. Um, she got, you know, she raised like less than $50,000 in that entire campaign. And she had the same kind of numbers that Wilson's pulling out right now. So, you know, I had a, I had a conversation with Misty because I was, I was really confused by when I watched the Shireen Gorbani debate with Stuart, how Stuart kept saying, Hey, I agree. But the way that he said it was almost like, you speak gooder than me. Ditto. Mm -hmm. And uh, Misty had mentioned to me that she got the same thing from Mike Lee. And it just appears that these are kind of Republican talking points that they make sure that that you can't really see a distinction between them and their opponent. And so they they will just say, well, yeah, of course, I, I agree. And then they'll completely pivot from from that 
standpoint. Yeah, well, and in the case of Misty Snow two years ago, you saw in that first debate she had with, with Lee down in BYU. It was BYU, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How completely floored he was when he, he was speechless when the realization hit him that she's not fucking stupid and she knows what she's talking about <laughs> yes. and she knows more than his dumbass does and he's on the fucking committee that deals with this trade negotiation like the look on his face and he was he was more or less speechless when she was able to answer a question competently uh that, that seemed you know relatively out in left field it was a, an obscure she, trade agreement she even got a standing ovation during her debate yeah yeah at byu which is pretty damn impressive for a transgender uh, individual. So I just, I, the Utah Democratic Party's run like shit in this state. I don't know a better way to say it. I don't know how to say it nicely because it's just it, the, the decisions on where to put money, where to put support, where to send 5 million damn emails for campaign funds <laughs> is, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I, I think it's it's a little crazy that they're putting the kind of support and effort behind Jenny, and she really doesn't have a chance in hell of beating Mitt. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go vote, though, because there's other elections at stake. There's two districts in particular in, in the, the U.S. House uh, that are, are of significance. So District 4, uh, which is Mia Love and Ben McAdams, that is a nasty, nasty race. Uh, Apparently, she just fired somebody for sending out an email that said that she was... A- I don't remember if she supported or was against the LGBT community, but... Oh, it was basically that she... Well, it was like a bullet list of how Ben McAdams was like some other um, candidate or or House representative and how they were such good friends. And, and one of it was like, oh, and he supports, you know, gay marriage. marriage. Yeah, yeah, gay marriage. Yeah. This isn't Utah values, which is just crazy. <laughs> and so <laughs> once that got out, she fired the the firm that does stuff. And that's, yeah, that's the thing is that these candidates don't even do anything. They just hire firms to to kind of come up with stuff and kind of. Well, if you ask Alan Oaks, so, he'll yeah. also say that those aren't Utah values. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I that that race is probably the nastiest one in the state right now. Uh, the the ads that are being run on either side of that race are are pretty poignant um we're i don't know how many we're actually seeing i don't watch a lot of live tv these days uh so i skip most of that shit but the ones that i that's one of the ones that i see a lot of and and then prop two is probably the other really big one uh and uh i haven't seen any of those but i definitely see the ben mcadams and mia loved ones on fox 13 in the morning yeah they're like they're like nonstop on local local television especially during the news broadcasts netflix for life (laughs) (laughs) well and that's a that's a close race um in fact i was going to pull it up here but that's that's probably the closest race um and that's a seat that uh, a couple cycles ago the the last term that uh, matheson ran and won was decided by less than a couple hundred votes. I think the the end count was like 150 votes was the difference maker there. Can I take a few minutes and tell a story about my experience with uh, sure with can. heckling uh, Mia Love and heckling Ben McAdams? <laughs> you sure can. You sure can. So back in the state convention, which was March. So I'm a uh, full disclosure. I'm a uh, Utah um, Democratic Party local delegate for Precinct 72. So I'm actually the precinct chair. 
And so I showed up to the uh, convention and Ben McAdams was addressing the healthcare caucus. And so I was kind of leaning against the wall and he's talking, blah, blah, blah. Just talking real. I think people should have access to healthcare. So I'm listening. Okay. That's definitely a dog whistle for, Hey, big pharma, big, you know, uh, big insurance. I've, I've got your back. You know, I think, th- I think that people should, you know, have the ability to, to have healthcare and still nothing specific. So I yelled out. So what are you for? Single payer, Medicare for all. And he ignored it. And then I waited till a pause again and uh, I found my moment and I yelled the same thing. So he looks at me and really annoyed says, I think we've had this conversation before, which we haven't, which was his way of saying, I'm not interested. I'm not for Medicare for all. Go fuck yourself, basically. Well, so I kind of had in a similar way uh, an experience like that with Mia Love. So recently, August 24th, uh, she had a Mia runs with Mitt rally over in Thanksgiving Point uh, at the show barn. So I showed up and anyone who knows me, uh, I show up with an American flag because I really like uh, the le- I like the idea of the left reclaiming the flag because the, the flag effectively is philosophically meaningless, but people just love to look at it and just get heart palpitations. And so if, if it's going to be the most powerful symbol, let's make sure that we use it for good. So I show up with my American flag and I'm also the spokesperson for a nonprofit uh, organization uh, called uh, uh, Our Voice USA. And so we basically try to get regular people to run for office. We give free uh, free tech, uh, free tools for anyone to use it. So I was out there just kind of interviewing people to, well, trying to, uh, to find out what are their motivations, why are you here, uh, not trying to, to peddle uh, my opinion. So first guy I'm talking to, I'm talking to him for within a minute, there's this cop about three feet from me. So within a minute of me showing up with an American flag to a right-wing rally, an hour before it starts, there's about four people outside and I'm talking to this dude and then uh, I start talking to the cop, and the cop literally tells me that I need to get off their property, get off private property if I'm going to have an American flag at a right-wing rally. Like, straight up, I need to get off your property. So I uh, – go ahead. you want to say something? No, no, you're okay. good. So I, um, I walked across the street thinking I was off the property, and I'm just checking my phone and still have the flag in my hand. And then I get, like, four of these goons walking up to me, and I see them walking up to me. And I've got audio of this too. I, I recorded all this uh, uh, on my phone. And so again, they reiterate, Hey, you need to get off our property. And they tell me the property line. So I was like, okay, I'll just put it in my car. That's fine. I have a ticket to get in. They let me in. No bones about it. Once the doors open. So I'm in there and I met a guy who's part of CD4 coalition, uh, Chris Bell, cool dude. And so I was talking to him for a bit. And then once the event finally started, I got a little triggered. I was pissed. I was annoyed that they took away the, kind of the whole reason for, for me showing up to find out some of the motivation, see what I can do to help people actually run for office and g- get your ideas out there. And uh, I even spoke to Mia Love a little bit. Well, the event starts and uh, Spencer Cox is like, hey, guys, we're here to support Mia Love and she's here to save babies. And like <laughs> full full on trigger, like boom, like uh, so I, I yelled out. I had to yell out something. So I was like, so let's do it with contraceptives. And so I guarantee all these people are like, all right, motherfucker. I got my eye on you, right? And then um, so then uh, I let him talk. And then he puts on some video. And I'm just like, I'm fucking done. This this propaganda. I'm I'm a pissed. I'm annoyed. So I, I just yelled out, um, save babies from cages. Reunite families. Abolish ICE. And there's one uh, Mia Love uh, volunteer who's just screaming in my ear. Wah! trying to drown me out so nobody can hear me and uh, she was screaming in chris bell's ear too because he was i was standing right next to him (laughs) well uh i get these guys telling me that dude you gotta go and so i'm fumbling for my phone and and hit record again so i'm recording this audio and um dude you gotta go i was like dude i I didn't even get a warning like that doesn't matter you gotta go and i was was like hey this is you know 
freedom of speech. Uh, you know, this is my representative. I'd, r- I'd rather not go. Like, I never said, no, I won't go. So after about 15 seconds of me talking to them, they uh, put their hand on my back and start pushing me out. And then I was like, uh, freedom of speech, apologize. And so I yelled. And so they, I'm outside the doors of the venue. And uh, the cop uh, who spoke to me first told me to get off their property if I had an American flag was like, dude, I warned you. And then he was getting ready to, to let me go. And then one of the goons who told me to, to, uh, to who further expressed their property boundary lines told me that, uh, that he wanted to press charges. Want to press criminal trespassing charges? Well, the problem is, is I, I have a ticket to get in. Yeah, you can't criminal trespass someone that has a ticket to get into the event, uh, unless you're proto-fascist and you believe in Schrodinger's laws, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, you can tell them you're not welcome here; you have to leave. Or else. and then if you come back, they can yes. criminal trespass you, but they can't criminal trespass you, right? No, they cannot. So I uh, I was cited anyway, and uh, my so I hired a lawyer, uh, and he he requested the um, the body cams from from. Uh, Jay Wilson, Officer Jay Wilson from Lehigh Police. And there was also an Officer T. Call who, like, as I was getting cited, I was sitting on the curb talking to him. He was telling me about his buddy who's a Marine recon guy. I was telling him about my, my time in Kosovo. And um, so if they have if they have the body cam, like, I legit shook their hands, said, look, guys, I get it. You guys have a job to do, even though I'm pissed. And I think it's horseshit that they're citing me. Um, but there's no sense in me just yelling at these guys. I'll no, f- I'll f- it's exactly. Well, and um, I'll fight this in court, and it sucks because you know it's a decent penny out of my pocket. But um, I recently showed up to a Lehigh Justice Court. Uh, the prosecutor uh, straight up said and admitted that he hadn't looked at the evidence, hmm. and they uh, don't. This is l- let me tell you guys a little story about the legal system in this country. Um, this is how it works. So attorneys show up. Uh, or half the time don't even show up to get the court date assigned. They just send an email. The court date gets assigned three months from now because our fucking legal system's backed up with a bunch of bullshit. So uh, two months, 29 days, and 23 hours before the court appearance, the attorney might look at the file if he fucking shows up on time for court. Then he's going to look at the file and go, oh, I don't know, can I do this or not? That's how the fucking legal system works. Even if you pay a high-powered defense attorney... They do the same fucking thing. Well, and so I uh, I showed up and I already spoke to my lawyer. And I was like, look, I, I, I want to figure out how I can blow this up. Like this proto-fascism, like, I, like even though I'm yelling and I'm being obnoxious and it's their right to tell me, dude, get the fuck off our property. Like you're fucking obnoxious. That's absolutely within their right. It is not within their right to say, hey, we're going to cite you for criminal trespassing when, when I have a ticket. Because again, we don't have Schrodinger's law. So proto-fascism scares me. And uh, even though we had this whole Kavanaugh fight, uh, I, I still think that the judiciary is kind of our last bastion of hope. And we've seen that time and time and time again. And so I want to fight this in the courts. And uh, I had my lawyer request specifically a jury trial. And so um, Lehigh County, uh, or rather uh, Lehigh City in uh, Utah County, these guys are, they consider themselves constitutionalists. They're very um, wary of big government. And, and, uh, but they definitely have heart palpitations for veterans, which I am. And uh, so I think the optics of this, that they kick off a, a combat vet off their property, flying an American flag, and then they cite him for criminal trespassing as he's trying to express his First Amendment rights that he's been to multiple war zones for to fucking fight for, right? So I, I think it's going to make them look like shit, and I want them to look like shit. And since I'm not going to get my head cracked in, like, let's face it, I'm a white, I'm a white dude, i got veteran on my driver's license, likely I'm not going to be the one who's going to get my head cracked in. But I, I think that if I can get a First Amendment win, 
it's something that can actually add a lot of protections uh, for protesters out there, which I am definitely one, especially when we saw in North Carolina and in North Dakota that there were fucking laws that we can run over fucking protesters yeah, that were crazy. pushed through yeah, or that were uh, introduced. I don't think that they actually passed. But the fact that this is even a legit conversation is fucking scary. So hopefully I can get a win there. Yeah, the uh, the crazy nationalism and fascism that has, has been popping up over the last couple of years is just it's it's. It's scary. I don't know any other way to put it. It's fucking scary. Alex, you need to get cited now. All the cool kids are doing it. I don't don't know if... Alex is certainly vocal. I don't know, Alex, if you're at the level that Josh is. I have different methods. (laughs) Well, and I mean, it takes a village, right? Yeah. I don't want everyone to be me. Like I, I get a lot of flack from my family. Like, dude, you love Neil deGrasse Tyson. You, you know, you, you love the way that, you know, uh, the philosophy of, of Sam Harris. So, you know, look at, do these guys ever use, uh, you know, capitalized words? Like, well, I mean, do I use it on more than 1% of my posts? And but aside from that, like just because I like Neil deGrasse Tyson doesn't mean I want to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, he's a different person. Yeah, just because I, I like I absolutely admire and uh, honor uh, Bernie Sanders, but I'm left of Bernie. I criticize Bernie. And so I, I I'm myself. I'm trying to find my place in this weird fucking world. Right. And so just because I admire somebody doesn't mean that I want to be a carbon copy of them because what a boring fucking world that would be. Yeah. So back to Love and McAdams. Because I mean, that does pertinent, right? <laughs> oh, very. Um, it's close. It's close. The last poll numbers, I pulled them up, and I fucking, there they are again. Uh, last poll numbers, uh, they're within margin of error. Um, let's see what the most recent ones were. It's a toss-up. It, um, it's fucking. by several polls. Yeah, stuff, pretty much. So. Pretty much. No one's calling the race. Like, yeah. the most recent Dan Jones was... Uh, 49 love, 46 McAdams, but a 4.9% margin of error. I mean, that's that race is going to be decided by a couple hundred votes. That's why, like we've been saying all along, it's important to get out there and vote, especially with these races, because your vote does make a difference. Yeah, if you're in the if you're in the fourth district, this is a this is a this is the reason to go to the poll more than any other. I would My say. My district actually gets a piece of the fourth congressional district too. Yeah. So well, weird. Part of your district gets the fourth, but yeah, not all part, of it. Not all of it. Weird. We're going <laughs> to talk about we're going to talk about that bullshit too before this uh, well, this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other big congressional district that's probably somewhat of a challenge is, is Chris Stewart's district. That's District 2. Uh, so we, we talked to Shireen uh, a couple weeks ago. 122, was that? Or 121? One of those two. 122. Uh, so go back and listen to that episode if, if you're in that district. Um, you'll get she a, was so cool. She was so cool to talk to. What a nice person. Yeah, just just beaming with happiness. And Dude, I, I used to work with her. Like, you can't be in the same room with her without feeling like, fuck, I'm a fucking rock star. Holy yeah. shit. Like, she's just amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. She's so good. Uh, and I, I, I think, uh, I mean, Brie, Brie uh, found a Twitter. Someone tweeted her the other day, and her response was just, just unbelievably outstanding. Oh, yeah. Somebody just tweeted about some bullshit crap, and she tweeted back with, actual facts and in just this sweet hi whoever you are and guess what this is I, and i talked and you to, just hear I talked to 20 republicans this morning yeah. in that district and they all hate him and i'm talking to some more because today. like have you talked to any yeah you guys aren't you guys aren't asking for anyone's vote and i am and and that's a good point because i feel like republicans don't feel like in this state that they don't feel like they need to ask for people's votes because they just expect them 
And if you're a Republican and you're just voting along party lines because you're expected to, I actually had this talk with my boss today. We're very different. He's very conservative, voted for Trump. He's LDA, like, but we work together and I like him and we're totally friends because you can be. Yeah, you can have a different opinion. You can be. It's totally possible. And I said, I think it's a bullshit that people can just vote down a party line and not once stop and think about it. Stop and look at every single candidate. Read it. And even if you say, you know, I really like this Democrat, but I just can't bring myself to vote for him. At least you fucking read their shit. Well, that's that's why Josh's app is so awesome, because it's not, you know the letters behind it's just information well i've told this story before though so for the presidential election there was something that was online where you could go and you just answered what you thought about i don't know it was a ton of questions like a hundred questions or something and then it would tell you the percentage that you agreed with each candidate like all the way from trump and and clinton down to i don't know you know people that their neighbors don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and the person next to me, I had almost convinced her to vote, which I don't know why, because she would have voted conservatively and it was just another. But anyway, I, I had almost convinced her to vote for the first time ever. And she's 30 something. And she she came out majorly as Trump, totally expected of her. But because her next one was Clinton, she was like, oh, I can't believe that. I just, I'm not I'm just not going to vote. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's what that's what your app essentially. But that's does, what I'm saying. Right, like Josh? sometimes that's not enough to change people. People just have to realize it's okay to agree with the other party on some things. That's what makes the world work. Is if we find what we agree about, and 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 are okay with the few things that we well, disagree. Well. So- the the app uh, so our voice USA you can get it wherever you get your apps it's free and you can push your representatives and geolocate where you currently are standing or your house um, and what it'll do is it'll give you a drill down everything from U.S. Senate down to your mayor and city council and it'll basically just give you their names who the incumbent is we're uh, trying to because we're small and we work off volunteer hours um, we're trying to add like their Twitter and their email so then you can effectively start pulling on the strings of power um, but ultimately we're nonpartisan. like this I, I, I like the idea where some people come from well let's be bipartisan but even then that concerns me because it suggests that Republicans are the cure to Democrats and Democrats are the cure to Republicans. Um, but I think that there's, you know, Alex is running in the Utah United Party. Like, I love the idea that this is outside the duopoly. You know, I love the idea of libertarians standing up and saying, look, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I do vote for you know, a lot of the same things that these Republicans do. But as far as foreign policy goes, I'm pretty progressive. And I, I like that we can have nuanced differences. And ultimately, it's going to take a regular people in any in in every political identity to, to run and actually help purge corporatists because like it or not big money is what perverts not not tribalism this isn't a partisan war this is a class war and along those lines um that's exactly what my opponent is doing as a republican has done nothing more than put up a handful of uh, enormous signs as big as a house but all the other republicans are doing that um but other than that he's done nothing um, because they're expecting just to easily win yeah, it was with, the, with the R in front of the name. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not even paying attention to it, which is great for me because I've been working really hard. Um, but yeah, it's, it just shows that no, no, your representative shouldn't be someone who just sits there and then f- gets a text on November 7th saying, Oh yeah, you won. Great. 
it shouldn't be like that. It should be, you know, the person that's going out there working hard and then, yeah, people looking at what options they have. Well, I, th- I think personally it would be fantastic if we didn't have a damn party affiliation on the tickets. So I think it's fine to, to run as a Republican and, and for the Republican Party to have uh, a primary and have one candidate. But I think at the end of the day when the ballot shows up, I don't think there should be a symbol or an indicator of what party any candidate's with. They're on the ballot. They've gone through that process. And I bet you anything, if you take those symbols off their damn names on the ballot and don't allow for straight party line ballot voting, I bet you things get shaken up quite a bit. That's how it is in Virginia where, where you, yeah, you run as Republican Democrat or whatever. Um, but yeah, when the ballot comes, it's just their names. There's no party. And that's it. And there's no straight party voting. I, Which I, is great because then you have to. That'd be awesome. You have to know who's running to vote for so, them. Yeah, you, Either I, that or whatever is a prettier name. But it's <laughs> yeah. So either, but it, it'll at least be a lot the better. The one that than you can pronounce. Yeah. Well, either you either you know the name because it's a familiar name, or because you've seen the name and they've actually right. gone out and campaigned. Or you've read the, you know, you've read the ballot and you, you know who the candidates are and what they stand for. Or some of them have come and talked to you. I mean, we've had a couple. We've had one, one, I think, come to the door here uh, for for school board, uh, and and that's it. That's the only candidate that's come to my house, uh, which is is kind of mind boggling to me because I am in the fourth district. For, well, that's a for lie because Shireen came and Alex is here. Yeah, but Shireen's not even in our district. <laughs> Neither is Alex. Neither is Josh. <laughs> I'm working overtime. So, I'm going to all the cities. But but that's what I'm saying. Like it's 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 crazy to me that we haven't seen more of that. And I think especially in the midterm, like that, especially at the local level, like beyond you know the the U.S. House and U.S. Senate races, when you're talking about state Congress, like how people aren't doing some of that door knocking. I think that they're, they're missing out. I think. Uh, you know, anyone that doesn't have an R next to their name should be doing that kind of stuff. And the sad fact is, if you have an R next to your name in the state, you're you're guaranteed to get a chunk of the vote because people just don't pay attention. They don't care. They see Republican, and that's what they vote for, regardless of if the guy is a you know a convicted rapist or whatever the case may be. Doesn't matter. He's got an R. I'm good. R stands for rapist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all too often uh, what turns off a lot of potential voters is. Hey, vote for me. I'm not him. It's like, well, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what am I, what am I getting with my vote? Like, I have to go out of my way and I get in Utah. It's a little bit easier because I can just, you know, and proverbial, I can just go ahead and and mark a ballot and and mail it in. Um, but again, what am I getting for my vote? And this is what's interesting about, say, somebody outside of Utah, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York's 14th, where, uh, again, she's also got a great way of, of good Twitter comebacks and, what she does is she gives people a specific policy, not just, hey, I'm here for you, but hey, I believe in Medicare for all. Not just, hey, I'm not that person, but hey, I think that your kid should have free college at the point of admission. And because this is how we advance into the new world and this is how we get new, you know, new technologically uh, literate jobs. And this is how we actually help help the people. And we don't just throw bootstraps at them. We actually we give you a hand up. We don't give you a handout. We expect you to to use that institutional knowledge that you've gained to then benefit society. I'm not just giving it to you so that you can just sit back on your ass. Like let's let's work together, guys. Yeah, it should be what each candidate has to offer. And and what I've noticed, especially during you know campaigning and everything, and seeing this side, is how you know parties will use fear, 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 fear. Like oh, if you don't vote for us, and this is going to happen. Well, this is going to happen. It's not like that. Um, no party or no person owns your vote. Um, I think that's something 
extremely crucial for people to understand. No one owns your vote. Just um, you. Yeah. Your vote is yours, and it's up to you to decide um, who you want to vote for. Don't don't let any party say, oh, well, you know, you know, well, this people that think this way must vote this way. It's like, no. It's you are your own person, and you decide who is the best. Now, to be fair, I'm going to tell you motherfuckers that are listening how to vote on some of these propositions <laughs> coming yes. up. Uh, I'm going to give you my absolute opinion, yeah. but it's just that. It's an opinion, um, and, and you're entitled to yours. And the only thing I truly ask, and you've heard me say it for, for a few weeks now, is that you do go vote. Because it's going to make a difference. I know that you think, especially if you're on the left in, in the state of Utah, boy, it doesn't matter that you're going to elect a Republican. That's not the case. Uh, the the fourth congressional district, there's a good chance that, that Mia Love's gone. Um, she's ineffective and a waste of space. Uh, there There's a good chance that uh, Shireen does well, if not wins against Chris Stewart. He's, you know, the people in, in his district aren't super happy with him. My uh, stepdad is a paid canvasser. He's probably knocked on, if I had guessed, about 4,000 doors by now. And he said the most, uh, <laughs> the most common answer he gets when he asks about Chris Stewart is, who? Exactly. He's not he's not a, a, a known commodity necessarily, even in his own district, which is kind of crazy. Uh, that just tells you how out of touch some of these people are with their district. But even beyond that, your vote really matters for the smaller local stuff, the stuff that these guys, these two guys here are, are running for school district. You know, do you, do you want your fucking kids to be in a, a school district that's run by people that don't give a fuck about kids? Uh, you know, do you want your your neighborhood to be represented at, at the state legislature by a guy who's completely out of touch with what's going on in your neighborhood? Uh, that's that's what it boils down to. And so you, you really want to look at who is running locally because your vote will matter. Your, your vote will matter. It absolutely will. A lot of these local races, when you look at like like state house races. 20,000 people that have a say that, that end up voting. There's a lot more than that in most of the districts, but it comes down to, you know, really less than a thousand votes in almost every one of these races uh, that, that are, are somewhat contested. Um, and the worst thing that can happen is when people just don't run. So when I don't see a Democratic candidate in, in, in your race, uh, Alex, I'm I'm blown away. I'm flabbergasted that, that the Democratic Party hasn't found some fucking schmuck to just sit in a seat. Well, there's <laughs> there's stuff that went on with that, but well, I, yeah. I can talk about it. Later. But it, well, yeah. and it's not just your it's not just your district though. It happens all over the state. People run completely uncontested. Yeah, and that's a shame. That's a total shame. And no one stands up to run against them. It's it's a, it's it's garbage. Well, and even uh, so, Karen Winder was running on a post for the school board, Granite District Six, and and I I filed, cost me twenty five bucks. For me, if nothing else, even though I have limited time, just because of my activism and you know uh, with my volunteerism with uh, our voice. You know, I, I don't have all the time to go knock on people's doors, so I knock on businesses. You know, I, I talk about my op-ed that I had published, and people are actually really inspired. And, you know, I, I suspect that you have, you know, here in your business, you likely have people who go to school here in Granite School District or or know people who do, and sure as shit, they do. And it's, it's if I can go to you where I'm most effective and use my time wisely and at least get the get the get my voice out, uh, running for office, no matter how small um, and no matter what your chances are, are the best way to keep you from being ignored and to keep your ideas from being ignored. Well, you, you ran for the mayor of West Valley, didn't you? Sure did. And I'm even looking at my shirt. What? <laughs> that, I didn't even see that. <laughs> Last time he was here, we talked about it. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, well, yeah. That's what it's about. You don't just, and so let's say that you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what? Why can't I run for office? Exactly. Why can't you? And, but you know what? 
it's it's unrealistic until it's not. Like legitimately, that's what it is. It's unrealistic until it's not. And maybe you don't have a, a, a chance in hell. Do it anyway. Why? Because now you're building a resume. Now you're building a portfolio and just run for something, file for something. And then so when I filed within two hours of me filing, Karen Winder uh, pings me on, on Facebook Messenger. Like, oh, I see you filed. So like, who the hell are you? Right. So, so she's hyper vigilant looking at this or somebody like pinged her and said, oh, by the way, look at this. Somebody's. So she asked to call, uh, asked to call me uh, or rather I call her. So I called her and I was talking to her and this was interesting because uh, I was able to use it against her when I was trying to um, interview for the uh, endorsement for the Granite uh, from the Granite Education Association. But uh, she was like, you know, I, I really like Granite. You know, it's so diverse and I really like this diversity. And, you know, my, my kids don't even see color. I was, so I was like, you know, Karen, and I was real nice to her. And I didn't swear at all. And I was like, you know, Karen, I think this is the problem. You know, we act like people are the same, but they're not. People, people, people are different. And you know, what? we should celebrate those differences. You know, it's it's our cultural difference that actually make us great. You know, we should come together. And, and this is what should unite us: is that we're we're united in our differences. And the fact that that we have this idea of we need to be the same. And if you're not, that that's some of the worst things you can do to a kid. Right. I, I'm different than him. What's wrong with me? Um, and then and then when you grow up, you like American exceptionalism. I can make it if only I try. Well, not with a system fucking against you. So, again, you're left with well, what the fuck is wrong with me? I could be anything I want if only I try. And yet I try and I get shit on. And so so there must be something inherently wrong with me. No, there's something wrong with the system because, you know, what? only you can save yourself because nobody else wants the job. So, you know, kudos to Alex, because, you know, what? he probably realized that nobody's going to save him but himself. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of along those lines. That's why I'd, I'll just be really quick. Um, just uh, You're fine. You're, you're yeah. here on the show. You don't want to be that quick. No, because I actually wanted to ask you guys why you chose to run for each of the things that you've chosen to run for. So if that's what you're going to talk about. Yeah, I'll talk about that. I'll give a, there's a couple of reasons. There's the technical reason and then the, the spirit of freedom reason. <laughs> um, so... Basically, I wasn't planning on running for anything. Didn't want to run for anything because, um, so I just, I have a master's degree from George Washington University in political management. So, I mean, my, my professor, everything were, were people on Obama's campaign that, you know, made him win. Um, people that run huge national organizations, stuff like that. Just know, know how the game works. Um, so I've, I've been working on Civolacy, which is my uh, local mm-hmm. advocacy group working on uh, teen suicide prevention, um, local business freedom, stuff like that. And for and, those of you that don't remember, you, you can go back like a yeah. year ago and listen to our episode with Alex where we talk a lot about that and how involved he is in, in, in actually writing policy. Right. Yeah. So that type of stuff I love doing. That's like, I love getting into, you know, the issues, finding out solutions, working with different organizations and, you know, lobbying legislature. In fact, I am a registered lobbyist, um, and I lobbied the legislature um, last last session. <laughs> hey, I'm a lobbyist not, for the people. They're not. Yes. They're not all fucking no, terrible. No, they're not. They're not, yeah. not all bad. Um, Best friends, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, campaigning campaigning for a candidate candidate politics, I I despise um, because I just know how disgusting it can get. I know how horrible it can get slimy just all that stuff um so i was wasn't planning on doing that at least for a long time um but then about like midnight the the night before um registration was due to file for whatever um found out on twitter that wayne niederhauser was going to retire at the end of the year and 
and I don't know why but this made my mind go racing. Just like, well, what does that mean? Like, what's going on? Um, okay, so he's gone. So what's it means something's coming out. By the way, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, who's going to take his place? And I kind of looked, you know, looked who was possibly going to run. Who already filed um, on the Republican side, Democrats. And I've heard of the United Utah Party for about a, a you know, for six months or so before that. And then I looked up the numbers. So I'm like, okay, is this even realistic? Um, you know, if it's like way too much um, effort, like I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do it. Then I looked at the numbers. I'm like, I could do this. Um, I could really win because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to win. <laughs> so I, you know, was up for a couple of hours. And then next morning I, I called up the uh, United Utah Party and said, hey, I'm thinking about running for this for the seat. And just wondering if if anyone has decided to file under the United Utah Party, because if there was someone that was strongly going to do it, I was like, okay, that's fine, just let them do it. Um, because I was also just finishing my master's degree, so I'm like, I don't have time for a primary or whatever. I just like, <laughs> yeah. I need to go straight to the general election. <laughs> so I've got a strategy for all this. Um, left them a message about five minutes later. They call me back like, hey, you know, we're really excited. You know, that we had a person that was going to, but they just called about 10 minutes ago and said they're not going to. So we have no one. Um, and we would love for you to, to, you know, register under us. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go there and I'll, and I'll sign up. So I signed up and, um, and the rest is history. <laughs> so that's the technical reason. Um, but while I was, you know, thinking that night, um, why, why I should run or whatever. I thought, well, you know, I have the experience, have the education. Um, you know, what I'm trying to do with Savalasi feels very important, you know, really trying to, uh, combat our suicide epidemic and stuff. And yeah, I can make a difference, but imagine the difference I could make if I had a vote in the legislature. You know, that, that's why I'm running. Um, I don't care about winning. I don't care about fame. Um, it's not about that type of stuff. It's about if I'm in the legislature, then I can really make a change for for the for the millions of people that need help now. Well, and that's they don't a, need help tomorrow. They need help now. Nonpartisan too, like, right? That's not a bipartisan. That's a nonpartisan thing. And then not only do you have a, a vote, but now you have a pulpit. Right. Exactly. You know, I have the opportunity to you know make policies where I really think can make a change. Um, I can work between the Republicans and the Democrats and people say like, oh, well, you know, who are you going to caucus with or you're not going to get like a, a committee seat or whatever. It's like that doesn't matter because in the end, most important policy decisions come down to one or two votes, especially in the Utah Senate. And that'll be me most of the time. And I'm not, you know, I have no party telling me you have to do this. You have to vote this way. I could care less. And they could threaten me up and down, whatever way they want. Um, my responsibility is to the people. And, and that's it at the end of the day. Um, so I can truly say that I'm, I'm not bought out by anyone. I don't have any party, you know, with change on, chains on me saying, you know, vote this way or else you're going to lose power or whatever. Because um, I have the power, the most important power I have is from the people. You got the power. <laughs> fight, fight the power. I also saw on your website, you uh, on your video, you specifically mentioned campaign finance reform. Was, was there anything in mind? Being a, a seems like a, a self-proclaimed policy wonk. Was there anything in particular that that you kind of had in mind to attack on that front? I'll answer that question for him. Uh, we need to run our elections like Japan. 
<laughs> and I'll just leave it there. You can answer. 12 days. Later. They're 12 days long. <laughs> yeah. So um, getting into this, I thought, um, I mean, nationally it's different. I don't have any power over that. But locally, I thought it was, and it's state by state in Utah, it is insane. So um, any, there are no limits. Um, any, anyone, any organization, literally anything can donate as much as they want to any local candidate. That's crazy. As much as they want. So let's say, you know, my opponent, you know, they were saying that, you know, they suddenly needed tons of money. They could ask for, you know, $10,000 from anyone and they'll get it. No questions asked. And it's perfectly legal. That's crazy. So then it makes it only the most wealthy, um, the most fortunate to be able to run, to be able to have that money. And those people are completely out of touch with um, with the average people. And it stops a lot of really good candidates from running because it's like, well, where am I going to get the money? Um, and, you, you know, you need a certain amount. And it's just how much money goes into these campaigns. People are telling me, oh, you need $80,000 to run the Senate campaign. And I almost threw up. No joke. I was sick to my stomach. I'm like, that's insane. That's more than, you know, my entire college costs, which I still need to pay off. And that's, you know, <laughs> raised in like a month or two and completely spent. That's crazy. It shouldn't be like that. Um, it should, you know, it should be down to only a, a thousand or so, you know, per individual or, or per, per business and very strict amounts on out of state um, businesses. Because if you go to any, you know, legislature, legislator, or most of them, um, you can look at their public finance record, look look at who's um, donated to their uh, campaigns. And this is all public information, and you'll see where the money is coming from, a lot from, you know, businesses from California, New York, whatever. Um, and then you'll see the next session, suddenly they're making laws that are, you they're know... In, inland that port, are getting an just shoved them. right up it's, everyone's ass with yeah, a whole lot of uh, it's, research it's, it's complete conflict of interest, and it's corruption. And I don't use that word lightly, because my family comes from Brazil, and I know corruption. <laughs> it is complete corruption. These legislators are bought out. I think in a lot of cases they are. With the inland port, uh, they actually had uh, an open uh, hearing with the, the budget committee. And so yours truly showed up. I'm, I'm lucky that of course I had, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm lucky that I, I work up on U campus and I have a flexible schedule. So I don't, if I don't have a specific, um, like study visit that I have to do. So I'm a, I, I work in uh, pediatric medical research. If I don't have a specific study visit that I have to do, I can just make up my time. Uh, just let my, you know, managers know, Hey, I'm going to, I'll be back or just maybe just take a long lunch. I'm going to go try not to get arrested. Right. Back. <laughs> well, and so, uh, I, I spoke and, you know, I mentioned, just how uh, insane it is that the all of the board meetings are happening behind closed doors. Yes. Um, we we see uh, whenever we have something with the involved with the Utah legislature, whether it be the the uh, Lake Powell pipeline, whether it be Grand Staircase Escalante. You know, we see with those two cases that was Representative Noel who has a, a clear conflict of interest, owns land, uh, and then in this case with Inland Port, we've got um, Greg Hughes. Who didn't step down willingly? He had to. He had to get uh, disqualified yeah. because of a, a sheer conflict of interest. So again, corruption. To Alex's point, it's just corruption upon corruption. And so I called him out, and then just to kind of get score a little bit of haha points, I said, you know, to me, what's insane is that I feel like there's this neon sign that just says, uh, like this neon stripper sign that just says lobbyist money here, and um, and it, it's almost that uh, iconic, or almost that much of a caricature. 
Like it's 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 ridiculous. Blows my mind. So let's uh, let's talk about the thing that's going to be on every ballot, ballot, the constitutional amendments and the the various propositions and questions and all that stuff. This is this is stuff that you know. Sadly, I think a lot of people they they might see ads. They don't fucking understand what Prop 2 is or what Prop 3 is. They might hear an ad on the radio or see one on TV, but they get there and they read it and it's super short on the ballot. It's not, there. there's not a lot of detail there. Now, the, the state of Utah provides a voter guide. Uh, you can go out and get it and that's what we're going to read some of the information from. We're going to try and go into a little bit of detail. Uh, we'll talk about the, the arguments for and against and that's the other thing that you get to see is arguments for and against these these various things if they exist. Uh, out there on, and it's just vote.utah.gov, and you can find all this information. Uh, it's all readily accessible, easy to get to. You can also find your candidates' information. So they'll have bios and standpoints that each of the candidates uh, have in, in any given race, provided they've they've given that information to the election commission. So uh, let's start with Constitutional Amendment A. Um, so shall the Utah Constitution be amended to modify the period of time that a person in the military needs to serve out of state under an order uh, to a federal act to federal active duty in order to qualify for a property tax exemption for the military person's residence, allowing the military person to qualify if the period of service is at least 200 days in a continuous 365 day period. That's a lot of words. That's a mouthful. And that's how it'll read on the ballot. Um, basically, what happens now? is if you are uh, an active duty military and you get deployed overseas and you have a house here, uh, let's say you're in the Air Force and you get deployed overseas and you're out in Germany for 180 days. Uh, let's, Let's say you're out there for 250 days, but you come home for a week between Christmas and New Year's. That's not consecutive. And so now, even though you haven't lived in Utah all year, you have to pay property taxes on your house. And then that next year... Let's say you do 190 days total in that next year, and they're all consecutive. Well, you don't get to, you have to pay property taxes on your house in Utah, even though you've spent the majority of your time overseas on deployment and not at your home in Utah. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a law that's written to benefit military members right now. It's in our Constitution. Um, this change basically says, look, if you serve 200 days in any 365 day period, it doesn't matter if they're consecutive. If it's 200 total days, you don't have to pay your property taxes. So that's basically the change that they're trying to make. Uh, the argument against it, um, the best I could tell is um, we're douchebags. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how you... There? Yeah, there is an argument against. Yeah. Um, it. it I think it was. No, there's not. Was there not a rebuttal? No, this is the only one that there's oh, yeah, no there's, argument right. against. Nobody one. voted against it. So yeah, basically you're a douchebag uh, if you argue yeah, against I've it. I read your shit. It's not mine. It's the state of Utah's. Um, I don't see a problem with voting for this one. Um, it was pretty much unanimous. In fact, it was unanimous, other than the idiots that didn't show up to vote for it in the <laughs> legislature. Um, I still don't understand that. It's 45 days. How do you not it's show up? It's your only job. How do you not, how do you not show up? It's not your only job, to be fair. It's not these guys' only job. But you're there for 45 days, and that's what you're supposed to be doing. How do you not show up for votes like this? Right. Yeah, and so um, to uh, clarify that a little bit, it, it, they have to have a, another job. It's just they they have full-time jobs for 45 days. Yeah, our days, legislature is part-time. Well, 
Hopefully. That's actually that something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I think on that. I don't like the idea of just a 45 day blitz because then you don't really have enough time to really chew on, on bills. And it's just like, let's get as many bills passed as possible. Ultimately. Which I, is why I think it's so easy to, to I prefer two. Bills. I prefer two sessions a year. Yeah. I think, I think that, that makes more there sense. There definitely needs to be a change. Um, several reasons. One, we're growing like crazy. Um, I mean, our population is going to double in the next 40 years. And just the amount of things that are going on, 45 days is just not enough. Um, and um, there's there's problems too, where um, where if you the 45 day legislature they have to take those f- complete 45 days consecutive days off. Um, so the people that are able to take those 45 days off, for the most part. Are people that are in very very high positions? Yeah, at work dude, working at McDonald's can't do that. Exactly. So there's another problem where it deters good people from running because who can who has a job where he can just take 45 yeah, days ele- off? An elementary school teacher yeah. can't do that in January. Yeah, it's just not possible. Yeah. It's not feasible. Yeah. So I think it does need to be extended. Um, and I don't know, it needs to change. Utah is changing. That's just a fact. Um, we're no longer a small little state. We are big. Um, in fact, we're, we're kind of like, um, I was at a recent housing summit. Uh, we're kind of like the LA in the 1970s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are growing like crazy. There's a lot of change. Um, 45 days do not cut it. And, um, when I was there, you know, the last couple of days or the last day I was there until, you know, midnight and stuff. And they're going through very, very important bills, bills that affect millions of people, their health. Um, and they go through it in like two minutes. It's like, this is crazy just because they want to go home. So, it's, well, cause they yeah. spent, you know, the first three days saying a prayer and then they, Oh yeah. They waste so and, much time and on voting stuff. on the, yeah. the state cooking pot. Yeah. And trying like, to, trying to look up shit blocked by fuck? the state's internet or recognizing uh, this school from this or yeah. this or this class. It's like, it's, yeah. It's what handgun do we want as our yeah. state handgun? <laughs> right. Well, then the pornography problem, we got to spend five, six days on that. Oh fuck dude. Yeah. We need to push through all kinds of, legislation so uh, anything else to say about the the military housing property tax amendment vote for amendment it douchebags don't don't be one of the people that doesn't vote for that amendment um i mean if you don't want military people to you know get a break then fuck you <laughs> uh all right so since we're talking about the the legislative session i'm gonna skip b for now we'll come back to b we're, we're gonna talk about c because it's it's very much a, a part of that so constitutional amendment c uh, I'm going to read it. Um, maybe I should just summarize it. It's even longer. But essentially... You uh, could read the first paragraph under the thing. It's a, a little summary of it. Yeah. So the Utah Constitution, they're trying to amend it to authorize the legislature to convene uh, into a limited session. If two-thirds of the, the Senate and House members agree uh, that it's necessary because of fiscal crisis, war, natural disaster, or emergency uh, in affairs of the state... Um, it, basically, it also requires some reduction in costs and um, the legislative session. Right now, essentially, the legislative session happens twice. Uh, the 45-day session that happens essentially at the first of the year. Uh, and then if the governor deems necessary to call a special session for something, um, he can do that. Uh, he sets the agenda. He keeps it. You know, but if he's like, compact. I missed you guys. I just want to hang out. Well, so <laughs> that, that has actually only occurred like once in the last what, like 40 years or something? And it was just recently that he called the special session. Because of Jason Chaffetz. Yeah. Yeah, because of butthole face. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, that guy. That's like, my nickname. I'm still, look at his eyes. They look like two buttholes. I'm, I'm still waiting on my check from George Soros, by the way. Like, I, right. I, I was so I was so proud. I was so proud of myself, like, yelling uh, at that guy, even though I was outside. I turned the camera, uh, the light on my camera and had it shining on my face just so if anyone walking by could see yeah this motherfucker who's got two thumbs and he's yelling at Jason Jason Chaffetz this guy here and uh, yeah uh, Huffington Post actually I, I caught a video of me on there I was like ah oh, look at that guy with the light on that's me I'm such a douche but it's great so there there, there are there's only a couple of people in, in the legislature that, that actually voted against this uh, constitutional amendment and it doesn't surprise me the big arguments against doing this are there's there's already a clear path with the governor uh, and it kind of prevents the legislature from from having more power, and we don't want them to be full time legislatures. I don't think the state's big enough to have a full time legislative body. By no means, uh, I think that's a, a little crazy. We're not California. Um, we we really don't have the need to spend, you know, three hundred and sixty five days more or less in session like like the national government does. Uh, I don't disagree with 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 you, Alex. I I think forty five days is just not enough anymore. Uh, and I think compacting it all into that one chunk of time, it, it's just not, it's not effective enough. Um, so this gives us the opportunity to call some more special sessions. Um, it's very limited in scope, though. Uh, it's extremely limited. Uh, and I think for good reason. I mean, we don't want them just going up there for nothing. Um, but it's kind of that, that step in that direction to me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm all for this amendment. I don't think it's out of line personally um i don't think it goes far enough i think you're right alex i think we need more time yeah, or at least broken up better yeah i think um broken up um uh, maybe two or three times a year um because i mean things change throughout the year and it gives time to you know work on policy different changes and i think there should there should be a limit on how many you know uh policies or bills that a legislature later can put uh, through because now it's unlimited and they have to get through all of them. Yeah, Mike um, Noel, yeah. you fucking douchebag. Yeah, so it'd be better just, you know, to have, you know, and I don't know the number, but it could be something like, you know, a handful of, of new policies and then, you know, so many, like, amendments to older policies, something like that. And that would, I think, help a lot and get rid of a lot of noise and things. Because then they really have to have to pick something. I mean, quarterly would be a lot if you met for more than like what a week they or two. Like, yeah, just meet for like... Um, I, I think what that does is open up the door to a more year-round sort of process. So instead of everyone working for a year and then trying to get their shit through in January, yeah. sometimes things just aren't pertinent in January and yeah. it's a lot harder. So air quality is always a big deal in January and everyone forgets in August because... Unless you have the kind of wildfire season we had, air quality is fine in the middle of the summer for the state of Utah. Uh, but come January, it's like top, like top issue for people other than porn. So, so by it's fine, fine is a little relative, and I know this because I I just have to stare at uh, EPA data sure. for air quality because uh, part of uh, I say fine meaning I can see the mountains in in but can you sure. but well, like not, I've been I've been driving across across the valley like the so and there's and it's just it's gross man and granted some of this is due to the wildfires but it's not uncommon for us to have uh you know 140 parts per billion for oh, yeah, uh, for crazy. ozone for ozone alone and then you add particulate matter on top of that 
I mean, there's fuck. I remember waking up and uh, it's like, oh my gosh, my son just blew up this bathroom. Let me open this this window, and instantly my house smelled like a campfire. I couldn't even smell poo at all. <laughs> instantly it smelled like a campfire. <laughs> yeah, and that that scared me. It's like natural air freshener. Yeah, because yeah. like our nose are in t- our noses are in tune to smell farts and methane and for that's a reason. Just, yeah, for a reason. Like it's it's to keep us safe. And the fact that it instantly overwhelmed that and it smelled like a campfire, that concerns me that this is the stuff that we're sucking, you know, sucking down our lungs. And, um, ozone is, is invisible. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to taste we, it. We have mountains. Yeah. I know, right? Well, I've never seen them before. And let, let's not talk about how fucked we actually are. That report that just came out this week. Um, let's just not even go Worldwide. there. Worldwide. Yeah. But I, so that's, that's constitutional amendment C. That's what you're voting for. Um, I don't know. The arguments against it were pretty weak, I thought, overall. Um, I, I just don't think they were that great. And honestly, if you look at the vote from the legislature, they, they kind of all agree they need the ability to call those sessions. So I think there's going to be some trial and error involved in anything. And oh, sure. the, the problem with politics is that uh, if if you try one thing and then you fail, like, ha ha, I told you you're going to fail. And we can never try this again. It's like we, we live in this binary e- equation where we can only have a black and white uh, identity. And we can't have this ability to live in the gray where literally everyone lives. Like there's nothing in life that's black and white except for the fact that um, a, you're you're going to be born. B, you're going to die. And C, if you're a dude, there's you're going to be completely embarrassed as you grow up through school because your wiener's going to pop up at the weirdest <laughs> fucking times. And it just makes so and that's true. part of being a dude. And it's just like there was a Roseanne episode about that. It's just it's insane. So now, they're, they're, to be those clear, are, yeah. part of being a dude is not using that hard dick on anyone. Yes, <laughs> it is just the fact that you're going to get an erection in the middle of math class. Yes, and it makes no sense. <laughs> and, like, and you could be reading a calculus problem and you're like, "Fuck, I gotta." <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. Wasn't that a Freaks and Geeks episode too? It's I, I a so. real life. Thing. It is. It is a real life thing. And it always had like when it happens, like uh, without a doubt, you're getting called on to go to the fucking. No, it was Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, that shit really does happen. So you're right. That's a guaranteed factor yes. of life for 99 percent of men. There, there is some percentage that has a, a medical condition that prevents that. Probably, <laughs> right, but, but there are very few things in, in life that are black and white. Those are those are the things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta agree with that one. Uh, okay, constitutional amendment B. This this one is probably the most controversial. Um, so this one, I'll just I'll, I'll read what's going to be on the ballot. Shall the Utah Constitution be amended to authorize the creation of a property tax exemption for real property, such as land or buildings, that a state or local government entity leases from a private owner? Now, this is somewhat complex. This was something they had on the ballot similar to this uh, two years ago, um, but this one's a little more specific. This one deals with real property. So what that means is a land land or a building, um, essentially. Uh, the measure or the amendment two years ago was any leased equipment. So like when a school district leased a copier, they were paying sales tax to the leasee and the, the owner of the actual copier was paying sales tax into the government for the school using the copier and they were trying to get around that. Basically it was like a tax break for these businesses that leased to government entities. It was very clear, didn't pass, overwhelmingly failed. This one's a little different. So this one says, you know, a, a lot of times government offices lease their office building. They don't own it. The city doesn't own the building. Um, the state of Utah doesn't own the fairgrounds. 
um, some other private entity owns that and they have a perpetual like 99 year lease or some bull crap like that on the fairgrounds, but they pay property tax on that lease of the fairgrounds. So what this amendment does is say they're no longer going to have to pay that property tax. If it's a, a school, a, a local government entity or a state government entity that's leasing property, they don't have to pay property tax on that lease. Um, a lot of people think this might end up being again, a tax break for the actual landowner. I don't see that personally. If you you look at it from the big picture, it's just the government paying into its own pool from taxpayer money. The money just doesn't really go anywhere different. The one argument is like if you have uh, a local entity paying property tax or a state entity pay, t- paying property tax on a local piece of property. So, for instance, let's say the state of Utah is paying property tax on uh, a parcel of land they do for UTA that's in currents, right? There's nothing on that parcel of land. They pay property tax for that parcel of land. That property tax then goes into, in part, the local education system here in Kearns because some of that money goes to the education system. So the one negative is the education system just doesn't get that money from the state. I don't know if that's a big enough dollar value to really care. I don't know how I feel about this. I'll probably vote for it because I actually don't think it's going to make that big of a difference mathematically. Um, Do you guys have thoughts on it? Are you familiar with it? I'm not that familiar with it. My my brain's kind of working, and let me see. Hopefully, I can come up with a, something that's not a, a non sequitur. And so let <laughs> let's say that we've got you know we've we've kind of established that we've got some uh, corrupt politicians here. So let's say Representative Noel, who even though he's not going to run again, but let's say we've got somebody who's a carbon copy of him, his doppelganger, uh, then has a, a business uh, that then um, wants to to have a fair and they uh, proselytize as that we're going to have the state fair and so that way we can get tax exemption oh but guess who's going to be at the state fair mitt romney is going to be at the state fair oh hey so then it's masquerade it's a it's a it's a um rally masquerading as a fair and so i don't, I don't know if that's a non sequitur again i'd have to r- read up a little bit more on, on the amendment so the legislation the, the amendment says that it has to be the full year lease so if he was okay. just doing it for a weekend or for a week that doesn't count it has to okay. be a full year lease basically so it's, it's basically talking about you know when schools lease the property that they're on from a private landowner when uh, the university um, you know leases out uh, some building to the state those types of things I mean that seems reasonable, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's fine since kind of like what you touched on. It's you know, it's kind of putting money back into the same system. Themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. just paying themselves. Yeah. So, so if if we can get rid of a step, um, which I think would even save money, um, and then yeah, use tax money to uh, better serve other other issues. Yeah, this one was a lot less controversial than the one two years ago. The one two yeah. years ago was, you know, sometimes they build that that tax into the lease sometimes they don't usually they do but the question was are they really going to stop because it's not the state that's paying that tax it's actually the person that owns the property in this case whoever's leasing it is actually paying the property tax so it just makes sense i think but again it's my opinion you don't have to agree with it you can vote no just vote on it now you know a little bit more about it all right let's go into the propositions and the non-binding opinion question uh, so we'll start with that one. Non-binding opinion question one. So a lot of people thought this was a proposition initially. Um, really, the big difference is this. 
a non-binding opinion question uh, is something that they try to make a proposition, but they couldn't really put policy behind it. Uh, and so it's more like a resolution. It uh, doesn't mean anything actually fucking happens. Uh, it's like when the state says porn's a public health crisis, but they don't really do anything about it. Uh, that's kind of what a non-binding uh, opinion question is. It says, hey, the people want this, do something about it. Whereas a proposition, which we'll get into in a minute, that's actual legislation. The people vote on it, it becomes law, and the, the state legislature has to enact that law or fix it and make it work properly, but it is going to be law in some form. Uh, so the first one is, is question one, which is uh, a potential gas tax increase for public education and local roads. So basically outlines a 10 cent a gallon uh, state tax increase on gasoline to help pay for public education and local road repair. Again, it's an opinion question. There's not actual policy written behind it. It's, it's basically a resolution if you read the, the legislation uh, that's attached to it. Um, and it's trying to establish a fund to pay teachers, to be very specific. Uh, but since it's non-binding, they can take that fund and use it for whatever they want. And that's, that's where I, I take a lot of issue. And then not only that, but um, I, I like the idea that those who use it should pay for it. But this is the prison that we live in. We, we live in this prison where we have to commute or else we die. Like, legit, we have to. And so to then tax the workforce even more, as we've, we're seeing on a national level, just, just tax cuts after tax cuts and people, you know, having bidding wars to, to get the Pharaoh's new Amazon uh, warehouse uh, in their city and tax cuts on tax cuts. And then we're going to tax the working class. This, this, to me, just smells of regressive tax policy. Right. Yeah, I agree with that as well because a lot of things so each year there always seems to be something where like oh we're doing it for the teachers we're doing it for the kids and who can vote against the kids they're not doing it for the kids (laughs) Um, because yeah taxes keep going up year by year we have almost a half billion surplus of taxes so we're actually being overtaxed the real problem is that they're not putting the money into the correct places um, they're using it, you know, for their special interests or just um, district administration costs or whatever. It's going to the wrong place. And this is, for a lot of my policies, it's actually, it's a lot about reappropriation. Um, we have the money for, for everything that we want to do for healthcare, um, all that stuff. The it's problem, right yeah, spot. it's it's going to the wrong place. So for me, um, myself, I'm going to vote no on this one because... We can't be putting money, more money into something that's not working. We have to fix it first. Um, let's let's make policies that actually say yes. Actually, you know, eighty percent or whatever is is going to go to teachers. Um, and then, if we need more money, then then we can look at it after that. But I'm pretty sure we won't. Um, but that's the thing. We we need to fix the actual problem first. Just throwing money at a wall isn't going to make it. You know, make a door open suddenly. And just because you vote for this doesn't mean we're going to have a 10 cent a gallon tax increase. Um, They don't have to do shit uh, if you vote for this. This kind of gives them an opinion, which if they don't fucking know already that we care about kids in this state and that (laughs) we need to spend more money on education and we need to fix our roadways that are honestly in shambles all over the fucking valley in Salt Lake. And that's not to speak of Southern Utah where there's a lot of fucking problems on the rural roads. Um, then, then they're idiots. And the, the better choice to me, I, I mean, I'm all for voting for this if you want to send a message, but at the end of the day, the better, better choice is to vote for a representative in the legislature. That's going to be able to pass legislation to actually pay teachers. We are 
basically the shittiest state in the nation when it comes to education for our kids. We have 600,000 kids in this state, and we, f- we treat them like second-class citizens in terms of what, what we provide for them for educational resources. Our average teacher lasts less than five years in this state. Less than five years in this state we, before they fucking leave. We pay teachers 50th out of 50 states. Yeah, 50th, the worst. Uh, for, the fact, am- for the amount of money they get paid per per student they watch. If you include D.C., it's 51st. Yeah, legit. And so, um, you know what, though? Interestingly enough, as much as uh, as I also want teachers to, to be paid more, um, interestingly enough, what I hear most often from teachers isn't necessarily pay me more because often pe- teachers who are in this shitty you know situation are there because they love the kids. What they're most focused on is reduced classroom sizes, which is also what I would like to do as, as a school board uh, a member um, or at least a champion it. Uh, but also, um, uh, just lost my train of thought. So, oh, also, uh, end the the strict and rigid uh, standardized testing model because it just there's there's no evidence to support that that I mean it, we, we have it's again it's regressive it again ta- it's the exact thing that I spoke to Karen Winder about where I said that we act like people are the same but they're not and we we try to treat them like they're the same but they're not we try to and we try to put them up and and have them use the exact same rulers where some some kids have bigger hands so their their meaty hands are going to go bigger you know and cover more of the ruler so some it's going to look like smaller a than a wooden and metal ruler yeah. and some people just like a plastic and, and I don't think we should give kids metal rulers that's dangerous shit. I know right I you know I wasn't I was in high school uh, and uh, believe it or not right and so somebody that I uh, have evidence right so Jess and I uh, went with a guy by the name of Taryn Huber man oh, that guy was a smart ass I love that guy but he walked up to our uh, one of our uh, vice principals uh, Vicki Ingram and he said, so, uh, Miss Ingram, um, you know, if I were to come to school, if, I don't know, maybe a, a, a stick about that long that was sharp on one end, like, would I get kicked down? She's like, well, yeah. And he, so he pulls out a pencil. And, then like, <laughs> yeah. and, and so, yeah, it was, it was pretty great. It was well, really I, great. I know from teachers that I know, like, supplies is a huge thing. Like, I, I've got, okay, so Shannon Barnson, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's a member of Geek Show Podcast. He's actually a teacher. He doesn't work for 7-Eleven. Um, <laughs> Wait, but what? but he's had to do like this year he did a, a book fundraiser, which was awesome. It, it's awesome the support that he got, and and part of that is just because of his popularity on the the podcast that he's on, and that's that's kind of the local celebrity that he has. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't fucking have to do that to get books for his kids in his fourth grade class to fucking read. That's insane. Uh, and and it, it goes beyond books to read. Sometimes it's just fucking construction paper for kids to, to use in a project in elementary school. Another thing that just kind of worries me about um, question one is that since it's not, like you said, non-binding and stuff, it's not something that's actually going into laws, how much money they've put into this campaign Oh yeah, um, you this it is, this is this is the number two. I can't go left or right without saying like vote yes, vote yes. It's like there, what, there's I don't know. There's something behind it which is just not. It just doesn't. There's feel isn't right. Gail Miller convincing you? No. <laughs> yeah, there's there is a ton of ton of money. That yeah. is probably number two. Prop two is obviously the number right, one yeah. proposition it's in like, terms of money spent. Give but. that money to the actual schools and maybe <laughs> all right. Set a campaign right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk prop two. Uh, it's probably going to eat up a big chunk of time here. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to skip out on the others, but we're going to talk. Do you want to talk about the others first and then a lot the time? Uh, sh- sure. Maybe we'll start with prop four. Go backwards. <laughs> <And> go backwards. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. They're all so full. Nope. Let's just do them in order because they're all they're all going to get lots of chat. So prep two is medical marijuana. Um, it's long. Don't think we need the Osmonds to endorse it, and then everybody will vote for it. Well, I, I'm not going to read it, um, but I'm going to talk about some of the arguments for and against. So the one, the, the against argument, and it's funny because you read it uh, in in the uh, the the opposition argument in in the actual uh, proposition information. Um, so it's actually on the back if you guys are looking. But if you've seen any of the fucking commercials, this is the shit that they say, the bullshit that they spout on these commercials. So the big argument against Prop 2 is it doesn't it doesn't do enough. It's it's not well enough written, basically. Um, that would be my argument against it. But ultimately, my thoughts are this. So first off, let, let's kind of explain what Prop 2 is and what it isn't. What it is is a law. It's probably the most conservative legislation in the country for medical marijuana. Basically, what it says is medical cannabis. Medical cannabis. There's no flower. Yeah, you you cannot smoke it. So that's a that's a big part of the legislation. You cannot smoke it at all. That's it's not supposed to be smokable. Uh, you you have to get it from a dispensary. Here's why you have to get it from a dispensary, folks, because this is a big argument against it. Pharmacies can't fucking sell cannabis. They can't sell marijuana. It's illegal federally. They'll lose their fucking license as a pharmacy. The pharmacist will lose his license as a pharmacist. It's the same reason a doctor can't actually prescribe it because it's still illegal federally. And if they prescribe it, they'll lose their medical license. Which means that anyone who says that it that it should be um, uh, sold from a pharmacy, it shows that they're disingenuous and they're they're not coming from a, a sincere place because they fucking no you can't do that it's illegal federally the real change has to be made at the federal level at some point the big the other big argument is that you know the state the state uh isn't taxing it well guess what the state in the legislation is the one that has to run the dispensaries they set all that up they run it yeah we tax alcohol but you know how much money we make in alcohol taxes versus what we make in just the fucking profits of selling the booze at a state-run facility so you tell me that we're not going to make money on selling cannabis in this state i think the legislature thus far the thing that worries them the most is figuring out how to fucking do that and not pissing off the federal government but if we do it right it's the federal government's going to fall in line what is it like 30 something states now it's like 36 uh, i think uh, that have some form so of so we're nearing two-thirds of the nation has some form of medical or recreational marijuana and use. republicans love to say you know leave it up to the states you know and let the states do it so yeah let, the let, let us fucking do it this is a pretty now the big argument against it for a lot of people is it doesn't go far enough it's it's not well written but the fact of the matter is the legislature has been facing this for the better part of a decade and hasn't been able to fucking figure it out. CBD oil is not good enough. It's just not. It doesn't It doesn't address everything. People that are going to die in six months aren't the only ones that have benefits from medical marijuana. There are study after study after study now that we can start studying the shit, which we haven't been able to do for generations, that are saying, yes, this works. Yes, this treats X disease. So one thing I want to say, um, Mitt Romney, I, I caught the first 15 minutes of his debate with Jenny Wilson. He specifically said that there's things that we like on the federal level or things that we don't like. We should take them back to states because I think the states can do them better. And so to Alex's point, you know, states' rights. Two, if I can share an anecdote, uh, when I worked at Discover Card, there was a, uh, a former um, combat uh, medic, uh, so a combat veteran as well, Unlike me, where I worked in a combat sport hospital, this guy worked on the front lines. So this guy's out there on the front lines with infantry soldiers, and look, there's an enemy combatant 
there was an enemy combatant. And so that really fucks with your head. So this guy, from the time that he got home, basically gained 100 pounds, livers enlarged, and he's trying to drown the demons in alcohol uh, because he, he just – it fucks with your head. And he literally had to quit his job, leave Utah, and move to Washington State to save his life. So he could, he could actually use marijuana to – and so if he, could, if he could have some sort of, of medical cannabis, something to, to help him and to, to help him deal uh, in a calm manner. And really at the, at the end of the day – People need an escape. We, we have so, such regressive taxation. Um, we, we overwork the populace. We haven't had a, uh, the working class hasn't had a raise since 1978. Um, and, you know, wages stagnate, inflation's gone up. So we actually make less than we did. We have less buying power than we did in 1978. And ultimately people need an escape. And I don't know about you, but if there's somebody who's going to choose to escape and then drive, the difference between alcohol and, and being high is if you're driving, and you're drunk. Oh my gosh, there's my there's my exit. Flip over, you know, you could run into cars, who knows, you could flip your car. Well, ultimately you're putting people at risk. If you're high, again, I'm not advocating for you to get high and drive, but if you're high you're like, "Oh shit, there goes there goes my exit. I guess I'll catch the next you one." You know, here's the thing with medical marijuana. That is a big argument is people are like, "Well, they're going to get behind the wheel and 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 marijuana related car incidents uh, increase whenever whenever cannabis is legal somewhere." And that may be true. Uh, it may also be that people are just picking up on it more. The police forces are more informed. But guess what else? People fucking take opioids and get behind the wheel and have no goddamn business being behind the wheel on an OxyContin that was prescribed to them by a doctor. In fact, the warning label on the bottle says not to fucking operate a vehicle or heavy equipment when you're on this, but they do it anyway. And regardless of if you're prescribed that, you can still get a DUI if you're under the influence of an opioid and you drive. And people that have... I mean, I would think uh, for the most part, a lot of these uh, very intense diseases like cancer and stuff aren't going to be driving anyways. No. Um, yeah, so you're not, for the you're, driving part. Look, uh, people with MS aren't driving. If you've got fucking advanced ALS and you need weed to fucking get through your day, if you need cannabis to, to function, you're not going to be driving. You probably don't even have a damn license. I know for a fact if you're a, if you're a, a functioning epileptic that has seizures, you can't you have can't a drive. license. And so if you can, you know, smoke pot, hell, it might get you in a place where you're not having fucking 12 seizures a day in some cases. Uh, and, and those are the kinds of things where it's just like, it, it doesn't make sense to me why people are so against this uh, in any fashion. Well, we haven't mentioned this either, but this proposition may be poorly written, but this proposition was put on here by the people. So... Usually, they signatures fast. Right. So usually, you know, we've, we've talked about this at length. Your legislators put up a bill. Um, now, it, it may be inspired by someone. Um, it may not be. But but when legislators put up bills, it's not like uh, Niederhauser was writing his bills. And, and Alex may be able to do this more because he has a background in it. But most legislators don't sit down and write their bill and, and put it before put it before committee for vote. What happens is professional people get together, they study the law, they study past circumstances uh, to put together a bill that makes sense that can be um, fiscally resolved in some way, whether, you know, to say what it's going to make, what it's going to cost, all of that. All of that evaluation and stuff is done bef before a lot of things happen, before we see a lot of it. Um, this particular bill was so important to the people in this state that this was written by the people in this state. And so 
while it may be flawed and it might not be perfect, um, this actually is the will of the people. It's not the will of, you know, some special interest. Right. Uh, it's people that came in, you know, Chris and I signed it on the way into the farmer's market. Um, students on campuses signed it. People in, in, on their way into the hospital signed this. Um, so despite the fact that it's not as finessed as some other things, and despite the fact that it may not be doing everything we want it to do, I feel like it really just needs to pass because so many people have put their heart and soul in it. Real people, people affected by it, families affected by it. So, and it can be. It can be fixed. And right. Amended yeah. and... It puts us in this, in, you know, in the right direction. And that's the thing with policy. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's going to be flaws in everything. I know, you know, when I get into the legislature, um, hopefully, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to have perfect policies, but, but that's, that's the thing is that no, any policy that, you know, has the answer to everything, um, stay that's away magical, from that. That's magical fairyland. Yeah, you want you want something that's you know gets in the step in the right direction, and it's like building blocks. It's like okay, let's build about you know upon this, upon this, and then that's when you find really good policy things that you know you started. You know, at least you get your foot in the doorway, and then you start from there. And and I think this offers you know gives us that step. Make no mistake, if this passes. It will force the legislature to actually do something because if they don't, this law goes into effect as written. Otherwise, they've got to amend it. They've got to adjust it. And that's what they'll do in, in January if this this passes. Um, don't be fooled by the bullshit press conference that that happened. We've got behind closed doors, uh, me, the governor, a couple dudes in the house and fucking LDS church met. Uh, we came up with a solution. Don't fucking believe that until there's policy that's passed. They've been trying for 10 years and haven't been able to do it. That's the biggest reason for me to argue for this. It's super conservative. It's the the most regimented medical marijuana law in the country. People use California as an example. California's law was written to basic basically be recreational use when it was written as medical marijuana that was just so they could have a little bit less pressure from the federal government because they were one of the pioneers but they knew from the get-go they were going to be doing it recreationally that's not the case here well a shout out to utah patient coalition that really hit the ground running with this um i know a canvasser david karst oh it's my homie um, but then also, one of the, I don't know if you followed when Washington State legalized, and mm-hmm. I get that we're not talking about legalization, but what did Oregon do? Holy shit, we're losing tax dollars. What yeah, is it that re- Republicans talk about often and Democrats talk about, you know, let's balance the, you know, let's balance the budget or you know, what happened to these deficit hawks? Well, look at all the, the tax dollars that we're losing, one in Dinosaur, Colorado, or now in, you know, in Wendover. Uh, and so we're we're surrounded by states now that are that have some, to have recreational that, to have use. recreational and um I don't I don't see them burning in hell I don't see Moroni coming down trumpeting th- them to hell no and, and what we're doing is forcing patients who don't want to break the law to leave the state right exactly yeah. and it's just the humanity of it. I've I know so many people that are you know LDS too that have you know have very serious conditions and they're in pain. They cannot get out of bed and they, they want this. They, they need anything they can get, you know, even to stop themselves from killing themselves. Um, it's, it's like, 
is it worth worth to you know see so many people have pain just because you think whatever is right it's like this let's have some humanity and help you know the people that are suffering and there are a lot of people that are really really suffering well and i don't want to live in a nanny state where you to tell me what medicine that i get oh, to choose for myself right i mean come on what happened to this nanny state that we hear about like this is so we'd rather we'd rather big pharma make money where off of your off of your murdered body from from overdosing so so then we have a, a situation of soiling green to Get, to feed big pharma well guess what no one's ever overdosed on no nobody's ever marijuana it's, it's, it's not it's fucking it's, it's physically impossible you'd actually die of it's, hypoxia it's also before. by the way it's not addictive don't fucking listen to a marijuana is not a physically addictive drug you can get addicted to the action so you, it's in the same way that you get addicted to chewing, to chewing your fingernails or walking the same path you can get addicted to the habit unlike, but you can't but it's not physically addictive unlike if you run opioids. out yes exactly unlike opioids where you're sweating you're vomiting you're having obvious uh, uh dts uh, whereas marijuana you you run out oh well that sucks so I'm gonna, I'm and gonna, we should high five whoever has put up those billboards all around the valley with the doctrine and covenants. I, I uh, think it's the hun- I think it's the Huntsman yeah. family. Well, it's it's That'd true. Awesome. It's true. And I'm gonna move on though, yeah, because we got we got more to talk about, and not a lot of time. Uh, so we're gonna go to prop three. Uh, so proposition three. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, law shall be enacted to expand the state Medicaid health coverage program to include coverage based on income for previously ineligible low income adults. And then there's there's some other stuff, but basically it's Medicaid expansion. So this this basically is the people saying, you know what, we've given you guys. Roughly 10 years since the Affordable Care Act was put into place. You guys have had 10 years to fucking figure out a way for us to get 800. Is it million 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 dollars a year, basically from the federal government back to pay for an expanded Medicaid program. It's the the expansion of Medicaid in in this proposition basically says if you make less than 180 percent or 100 and what the fuck is it? I didn't highlight it in here. It's a hundred and something percent of federal poverty level, 138 percent. So if you if your income is below 138 percent of the federal poverty level, so this is fucking dirt ass poor. If you're under if you're under poverty level, I think they said it's like seventeen thousand dollars a year. Seventeen thousand dollars a year. If you make seventeen thousand dollars a year or less, you would qualify for uh, you would qualify for Medicaid expansion under this proposition. Right now. If you aren't 65 or disabled, you don't fucking qualify for Medicaid in the state of Utah. Let me give you a good example. Um, me. I don't have health insurance right now um, because I am uh, 26, so I don't, you know, fall under, you know, parents' health care. Yep. And I, I don't make enough. You know, I, I was starting my business slowly, slowly getting revenue, but I had to completely stop that just so I could run, um, do a full campaign. But I'm, but yeah, there's, there's nothing I can do. And, you know, I even applied for... Affordable Care Act and stuff, but it's uh, they want to charge me two hundred and thirty dollars a month, which I don't know where that's going to come from. So I'm yeah, it's it's uh, you know, and I'm not you know trying to suck off the government or anything. It's like I am you know doing what I believe is right, but then you know I just have to. You're hope certainly for the not best. a leech, and don't believe yeah. any don't believe any fucker that tells you the welfare system is like a a repetitive government handout sort of system. Most people that are on it, they they get to where they need to be and they get off of it. The vast majority. How can we how can we reasonably look at ourselves in the mirror and say I tell people Jesus loves you, 
but go fuck yourself if if I want you to feel better or have healthcare that actually pays for itself in the long run. Like when when you can actually allow people to to go uh for preventative measures, then they they don't have to go to the ER uh, off of something stupid. Uh, they can catch something before before it becomes something chronic. They don't have to go to the ER for strep throat. Yeah, exactly. And then and there have been cases where there was a teacher in Texas. Um, I. What was it? Um, anyway, she didn't. She didn't go. She didn't go to the hospital, and she, she died. Yeah, because she didn't have. Uh, she didn't have healthcare. And so this. This is gross. If we do, we value human lives. Do we actually put a value on human lives? And if we do, then we we should consider how do we take care of the meek who are supposed to inherit the earth, right? How do we take care of the meek? How do we take care of the poor? How do we take care of patients? How do we take care of people who need help? And again, these are hand ups. You know, like you said, it's not a matter of people are leeching off the system because they want to stay there. They they want to be able to hey, be taken care of and then they can move on and, and better themselves. And guess what, guys? We already fucking have a social welfare system in the form of Medicare. When you get to retirement age right now, the country is supposed to take care of you. That's a system that's been in place for a long time. The most popular health care system we have right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Medicare. Medicaid is, is for people that, that just they need the help. Uh, that's all there is to it. And this is something I really, it's one of my big issues is um, physical and mental health care for all. Um, if there's one thing, only one thing that the government should take care of for the better good of the community, it's health. Um, because without that, you can't do anything else. You can't work. Um, you, you can't do anything. You can't provide for you know your family or for the community. And that's, there are you know several countries that have perfect examples where they don't have high ridiculous high taxes or anything so that's a complete lie where you know taxes are going to go up again it's reappropriating money to the things that matter and everyone could be healthy and, and just not have this headache of oh well this happened now i have a two hundred thousand dollar bill there goes my life so it's either you either die or you you pay medical bills for the rest of your life that's ridiculous you know we're, we're land how is that the land of the free we're not free and that's so there's a physicist you know, who, who had to sell he actually had to sell his his, his nobel, nobel his nobel yeah. peace yeah. prize in order to pay for his medical bills like that is insane yeah again yeah this is not the land of the free the land of the free that has five percent of the world's population 25 percent of the world's prisoners and we we imprison people in a world of debt like that's that's not freedom the, the biggest argument against this um from from most of the republicans in in the state legislature that have kind of signed off on being against the the expansion and why we haven't done it in in the last 10 years is they don't want to put in place a system that's relying on funding from the federal government. That funding's there. It's been sitting there in escrow being held and for we're us. Jim DeBacchus has even yeah. talked about it we, before. A lot. He's talked about we, it a lot. We, we pay into it as, as taxpayers federally. Our money is being allocated for the state, and it's just sitting there in coffers federally, and we're not taking advantage of it. The other thing I would say about that argument is, Okay, so let's say in six years the federal government decides to dismantle that program, take that money away, no longer do we get it. Guess what? We can fucking change our laws. We don't have to keep the same Medicaid expansion. We'd be assholes not to, but we don't have to keep that. We can change the laws again. You can go back to fucking over poor people. That's perfectly fine. Well, legal, not fine, but legal. legal. Yeah, good, good distinction. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah. I got where you're. I got, I got where you're. I don't throwing. mean it's fine. I that's the swearing and right. my, my saying. And it's it, a but. start too to where we can, you know, let's get people healthy, and then okay, let's now look at options that the state can do to now, you know, take over, take care of 
everyone and, and put in an even better system. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. Let's go to prop four. Um, this is the last thing we're going to talk about, and then we'll, we'll let the guests uh, say a piece or two. Um, so proposition four. Uh, I'm not going to read it. It's pretty long, but basically... Um, gerrymandering better boundaries well it's it's not just it's not gerrymandering so to speak so what this what this would do is set up uh an independent seven member commission to recommend redistricting plans so what happens in in the world of of politics and districting every 10 years the u.s does a census when that census occurs um voter rights or, or voter counts are basically adjusted so most states and the federal government have constitutions that say you know, you get this many representatives. So good example, 10 years ago, we had more people. We got another congressional seat. They split Matheson's district up and really fucked it over and made it a little bit harder for Democrats to win, created the fourth district uh, and the second district. So now we have Chris Stewart in office uh, in the second district. And basically they, they tried to make it as hard as possible for uh, a Democrat to be elected to U.S. Congress uh, in this state. The, the, the thing is, is right now under Utah law, and this is the same in a lot of states, um, the legislative body, so in our case, just the, the state house and the state senate, get to decide on those boundaries themselves pretty much arbitrarily. They just go, uh, here's the lines we want to draw, that's what we're going to vote for, and here they are. Now, it's not actually, magical. if they did it arbitrarily, it might actually be more fair than it is right now. <laughs> so but instead, what happens now is you have Alex, who has uh, a district of voters for his state house Senate seat. And that district is two different districts for the U.S. congressional seat. Really fucking crazy how that works out. Uh, and it's basically it's gerrymandering. It's it's to prevent it. We spoke of uh, of CD two, uh, where Stewart is. I mean, that stretches from what Ogden to uh, St. George, uh, yeah. Farmington to St. George, yeah, Farmington, Farmington to St. George, and it's 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 literally roads in some areas. Like one side of the road is yep. is part of that district, so it connects. Um, there's there's things put into this bill. So first off, the the commission, uh, it's chosen by. Uh, it's basically three people chosen by uh, leadership in in the legislative body from the majority party, three from the minority party, and one from the governor. So the Republicans are still going to get ultimately an extra vote. They're going to get the deciding vote on the commission. But the idea is the commission's independent. One of the other big things about the commission that, that I think is fantastic um, – Actually, one of the reasons people argue against this is, is a con maybe a constitutional problem is you cannot be politically active four years leading into being on the commission, four years leading out. So basically, they're trying to make it so you can't set boundaries and then run for office in a boundary that you set, which I think for me is perfectly fucking reasonable. Yeah, I, I don't like think it's unconstitutional at all. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense and it helps keep that commission much more independent. Uh, and it's not going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. But no. you know what? It's a mechanism of control to keep the, the body at large healthy, kind of the, the immune systems, kind of that first, that first layer of defense that you can't, you can't do this and then run for office. Well, and they have, they have a guideline in terms of how they have to draw the districts. Um, and this is going to be something, if we, if we can get this passed, this is something that will, will take effect before the next census. Uh, before the 2020 census, but when we when we have to redraw lines, um, and you know one of the things that this will help prevent is uh, having a federal judge have to break up a district down in where was it San Juan San Juan County, County yep. where basically they had gerrymandered it so the indigenous people population down there couldn't fucking have anyone in office even though they were like 80 percent of the fucking yep. population. Yep. 
Well, and um, you know, we have the opportunity to to plant a standard. And by standard, I mean a flag uh, for the rest of the nation, and say, look, this is this is how you get things done. And look, this isn't for Democrats. Again, I I don't think that Democrats are the answer to Republicans. I think regular working class people are. Because again, this is a class war. This is not a partisan war. Yes, there are partisan issues. Yes, there are racial components to this. But this is a class war. And so, as as a working class, we need to rise up and. Ultimately, this is a way for us to get better representation and hopefully better ways to, you know, as Alex mentioned before about the uh, campaign finance reform. And people are being priced out, you know, $80,000. Who the fuck has $80,000 to, to, to raise in a month to, to run for a Senate campaign? That's fucking insane. And so, you know, there, there are ways that hopefully this will be a great one where a regular person can, can run for office. And one thing that I would like to do, uh, like with my app, you know, let's say that I decide 2022, I want to run against Mike Lee. Uh oh. No, anyway. Uh, so, so let's say I want to run for my, <laughs> is that and, an right? Is that an announcement? <laughs> so, um, I can get in, uh, in social media groups with people in, uh, San Juan, uh, over in, uh, Moab, in, you know, uh, in Ogden. And I can say, Hey guys, check out this app, Our Voice USA. It's free to download. doesn't cost you a damn thing. We're not going to ask you for money. Um, and then guess what? There's canvassing tools on there. So I want you to go ahead and hit, hit canvassing. I'm going to create this form. I'm going to have these questions and I'm going to share it for the form with you. And I, I want you to knock on your 10 neighbors doors. That's it. Just knock on their doors and share that information with me. And since I shared that form with you, I actually control the master. They can't share that information with anyone else. And I, I now own the data. And even though it is our app, we don't own the data. You own the data. We're brokers of information, and we give you access. If you want to sell the data that you collect, that's completely on you. You want to use it and share it with anyone, that's completely on you. And these are ways that, again, if you can if you can have ways to to break up uh, money's stranglehold on uh, running for office and politics in general, and then give, give means and, and necessary technology to people who may not see the benefit of paying into a major party to be able to have access to canvassing tools. And so hopefully, you know, through these democratic means and oh, socialist, dare I say it, um, you know, these, these are ways, these are ways that we can, we can bandy together and again, and fight the class war with, with actual guns to a gunfight and not a spoon. And even, even, <laughs> even though the tick is one of my favorite superheroes, I love his battle cry, but come on, a spoon is but just not effective. But why a spoon, cousin? <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys, we're going to, we're going to kind of end things there and I'm going to give you guys just a couple of minutes to talk about, uh, again, what you're running for. Uh, your your campaign. We're not going to ask you the one thing question because you both have already been you asked. Already answered. Um, but I'd Bigger. like to the, get a get a quick uh, blurb about uh, you while you're running, uh, why people should vote for you, uh, and how to get a hold of you if they want more information. I guess I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Alexander Castanio. Um, I am running for state senate district nine that covers all of Sandy City and White City. So if you live live there. Um, I ask for your vote. Um, uh, yeah, you've kind of heard why why I'm running, why I'm doing this. Um, it's, it's really all about the people. Um, it's, I just want to make good change, um, make it fair for, for you know, those that have much, a much harder chance, those that are suffering um, in health, um, do a lot of stuff for suicide prevention. And yeah, I'm I'm endorsed by Quality Utah, um, also by Teamsters Local 222, so uh, local union. 
Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for the workers, fighting, you know, for those that are trying to make a living. Um, we have a lot of issues that we're facing. Uh, you know, housing is just insane. Um, no one can afford a house. And, you know, there's and landowners and stuff like that are just abusing the people. Um, and so basically there's two small things all kind of, uh, about myself. One, um, when you're looking at who to vote for and, and um, you know, who's talking about politics, um, I think we've, we've kind of talked about this. Look at who's uniting us. Um, those that are uniting want to bring us together. It doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat. Um, liberal, conservative, it doesn't matter. Those who want to unite us as a people, those are our friends. Those are the people you want to listen to. Those are the people that have the good ideas. Um, those that are dividing us, they're our enemies. If they're just trying to divide, saying, you know, this way or the highway, or trying to scare you to do something, um, they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for themselves and for their own power. Um, so I think that's something really important to look at. And then basically, um, this is a Facebook post I put a couple days ago, um, but I, I kind of encapsulates what I'm trying to do. So I just put, what is community service? It's doing something not out of self-interest, but rather for the betterment of the people. I never had aspirations for elected office, and for the last year and a half, I've worked with legislators, organizations, the governor's task force, therapists, doctors, churches, families, and others to find solutions for suicide in Utah. Usually the most important community service isn't so publicly visible and may take years to show change, but it transforms lives one by one. This is the type of community service that matters most of all. I'm running for Senate 9 because my vote and policies in the legislature will make a positive difference sooner and more effectively than being on the outside. Of the education, the experience, and the ideas, all that is left is your vote. Vote for Alexander Castaño, Senate 9. And for those of you that don't know, Alex has had a hand in a lot of policy, uh, a lot of really important policy that's that's passed in the last few sessions, uh, and a lot of local stuff too. Um, and I say local, I mean city-based uh, policy, not not just the the state-based stuff. Yeah. So, and thank you. Um, but yeah, that's you know all the stuff you know national stuff is fun to look at, but. You know, what really matters is locally what's going on. That's why these local races with, you know, school board, with um, local legislators matter so much because that what they decide will affect your everyday life. National, you know, sure, they will affect but not as much as local leaders. Exactly. And then finally, yeah, you can just find me on Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, Instagram at Vote Castano. Um, so my last name is spelled out C A S T A G N O. Go ahead and give me a like, even if you're not from Sandy. Um, you know, the more information I can get out there, the better. And then, yeah, my website is votecastano.com. And there you can go in depth with my issues and, and about me. Josh? Uh, so. The, I think the reason why I am running for school board, really, when I. I, my Force Awakens moment, I hearken back to watching uh, Jordan Sheridan's reporting on Standing Rock and horrified that, like, this is shit that I saw people being treated when I was at war in, in third world countries. Like, it, it blew my mind that we would do this uh, for um, corporate for for corporate socialism. I mean, let's face it. That's, that's what that's we have. That's what it is. Yeah. We, we have corporate socialism and militarized police force. And so I realized that I, I need a way to be able to speak to kids. Because kids, kids are not only the hope for uh, a better future, but ultimately, 
we live in a we live in an age now where uh, the working class, as I alluded to, are are overworked. Uh, many many teachers work second jobs, um, so that means that these teachers are are very tired. They have four. Sometimes there's forty six kids in a in a classroom where there's only forty desks. So one, that's way too many people. Two, six kids sitting on the fucking ground where they had dog, like. What the hell is wrong with us? And um, so we need to break up the classroom sizes so then uh, kids can actually get a quality education. They can get one-on-one time uh, with their teacher. But th- why why is that important? Well, in the home, they, they're they're in a home structure where uh, mom and dad now work multiple jobs. They barely have time to, to survive. And then when, when the kid's acting out, they're stressed as hell. So what do they get told? Don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. That's bad. Well, whereas people who are a little bit more affluent and better off can say, well, hey, instead of doing that, um, maybe maybe turn a little bit to the left. So that way you're not just crashing in the wall, but you can actually, because you're doing damage to it, but you, you can go around it. I don't mind so much what you're doing. I mind the end result. And then the kid can stop and, and think about that critically a little bit, or even just say, look, you know, this, this is my house. And right now, th- these are my rules. And maybe when you grow up, then you'll you'll decide that that there's better ways to handle this and we can have that conversation but for now th- this is kind of the way it is but but we don't have the 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 presence of mind or the ability to have the patience because we're so taxed and then we put put kids in an environment with these teachers that again don't do that that's bad sit sit in line be the same be the and so we're raising a generation of bootlickers and that scares the shit out of me. Authoritarianism starts at, starts in the household. Why? Because of the way that we've really squashed the working class. And um, so I, I want to be able to to help fight. And it's it's crazy that I could fight, you know, potentially proto-fascism um, as a school board member. And, you know, I don't have any delusions of grandeur that I'm going to be Captain America with some vibranium shield. Maybe I do. Um, but uh, but for real, though, like there are, are real benefits that we can do by breaking up the classroom sizes, by breaking up this rigid standardized testing that really doesn't elicit any sort of evidence based uh, um, f- facts to say that it actually benefits these kids. Um, and uh, there's there's a tweet here that kind of understand, as you can tell, I'm a pretty intense guy. Um, you don't say. I know, right? <laughs> so there's a tweet that I really loved. Uh, I don't know who this guy is, Patrick S. Tomlinson, but it says, um, you watched a generation grow up on a diet of Harry Potter, Hunger Games, and Marvel movies. You stripped away their hope, their jobs, their futures, and then backed the most cartoonish supervillain in history for president, and you're shocked that children are fighting back. And so not only was that powerful, but it got me thinking like, well, what am I a product of? So then I, tw- I, I tweeted that with a, a quote and I put, um, or with a comment. I put, I'm a product of Terry Brooks and Plato, of Robert Jordan and Nietzsche, of R.A. Salvatore and Cornell West. I'm ready for a revolution. It's not enough to resist. We must result. Because far too often we have the resistance who's the assistance. And the very people who say that we need to stand up and fight these people then fall and cower from these strongmen that will fight for the most evil, heinous shit. You know what? We're regular people. I'm, I'm no one special. I'm just a dude. And you know what? There's plenty of dudes and there's plenty of, of, of women out there who can stand up and do something. And you can you can run for office yourself. Don't don't let your don't let your voice be squashed. Activate your voice. Stand up. Stand on a platform. Um, and uh, so I can be reached at, um, you know, I have, uh, you know, Facebook, my my normal Facebook. But then I also have uh, uh, Joshua, Act, uh, Joshua Cameron, activist, bulwark against hate, revolutionary. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter at, at Josh Progressive. Um, I'm also, uh, like I said, the spokesperson for Our Voice USA. And I'm also a contributor on the podcast, uh, Progressive Rampage, where we tell you to get with the program. Oh, yeah, that's why we call it a Progressive Rampage, just so we can say that. Yes. 
but yeah, I, I, you know, I enjoy, um, I enjoy podcasts because I'm a, I'm a verbal processor and that's why I talk so damn much. And so it, it helps me understand fully and, and appreciate fully how I feel about something that I haven't had a chance to, to really chew on. And, uh, you know, so join me, you know, whether, whether it be voting for me or running for office against me or, or whatever, like I, I encourage you to join, join this weird, this weird primordial soup that, that we're in and, and don't let other people define your voice. Don't let other people tell you how you need to vote. And if you vote that goes against the way that that they agree with, um, don't let them shame you. You did your civic duty. Yeah, I might I might disagree that you that um that Trump is good. I think Trump's a shitbag, but I also think Clinton was a shitbag too, and we had a Sophie's choice. And so I can't blame you for at least going with the guy who said let's save social security, let's save welfare, and you know let's go on these. And so. Ultimately, do your civic duty if you can, if you have the, the ability to um, at least vote. In Utah, we make it so easy. We mail out ballots. Well, you should be getting your ballots probably this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to be mailed out this week. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my impetus. Plus, I have a, I have a six year old, and um, you know, and so I kind of look at him and like, uh, man, I'd be bummed out if I stared in those little you know doe eyes, and he's like. Dad, this is a real shit world. At some point, he's going to use my own words, you know, right back at me. Like, so, like, what have you done? Like, you, you talk a big game, but what have you done? Like, oh, shit, man. You're right. Wow. What have it? So I better do something. Well, thanks to both of you for, for joining us for the whole show. Thank you. Um, it's been, uh, I, this is my favorite kind of show. Like, I could do <laughs> fucking political podcasts for days. Um, I, I love talking about this stuff. I, I don't know that our listeners like listening to it all the time, but... Um, it's been a good they show. Like to be informed. We only do it once a year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. It's important to twice a year to to hear about this stuff. Um, to to really understand what what you are voting for. And sometimes it's better to hear it than like sitting down and like the word just like oh, trust me together. Yeah, reading like the fucking policy <laughs> behind Prop Two and Prop Four. It's fucking. It's like listening. To I want to go on record tape. saying I read all of them. It, Aww. Ale- Alex is just shaking his I'm head so over here. You're, you. you're a liar, first what? off. <laughs> <laughs> I read them all. Alex is over there shaking his head like, yeah, I know how mind-numbing this shit is because <laughs> I help write it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it has to be written that way. Um, but thanks again to both of you guys for, for joining us. If you guys like what you hear, please share the episode. Um, that's what helps us the most. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter at TNU Podcast or Facebook. Uh, you can go out to our website, thenewutah.com. You can actually see the, the one Instagram. things. Uh, yeah, we do have Instagrams now. Um, and leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Uh, we and appara- Spotify. We apparently have fucking Spotify listeners after like yeah. six days on the platform. Boom. So, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, and um, thanks for joining us. Uh, go vote. Uh, you don't even have to fucking go anywhere. Open your mailbox. And put a stamp on it, or else it doesn't count. Fucking put... You don't have to put a stamp on it. You have to put a stamp on it. No, you don't. You don't have to put a stamp on it. It's paid for. It's prepaid. This is Jess's Uh, first year she gets to vote by mail. Mine says it's not. No, it it should be prepaid, and you can also go... Actually, Eagle Mountain, like, said, make sure to put your stamp on it, because it's not prepaid. You you can also... You can also go drop it at any ballot location. It doesn't just have to go in the mail. And you can vote early... You can vote early at the end of October. 
Uh, so you can go get your sticker. To, to be clear, I don't recommend you go to the polls on polling day. It's just kind of a bitch. Like, it's really. I made a pain. my own sticker last time. But vote. It's so. And the nice thing about the mail, the the mail in ballots, is is you can you can submit your vote early, but you can read. Uh, you you can go. Okay, who's here? So instead of standing at the poll and going, "Fuck, who are these two people running for my city council?" I don't know who the fuck they are. You can find out who they are instead of being there and just having to make a decision. You can find out who they are. Uh, if Pressure you, while you're at the polls. If you don't know who they are, you can you can fucking look them up. You can call them and you can say, "How do you feel about this?" And a lot of local people, you can say, "Hey, I want to do like a local area meeting." Like our our former mayor would just come to like the neighborhoods and answer questions so and i guarantee if you google joshua cameron in utah you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see all sorts of pictures of me with my flag and just out protesting standing up for whether it be public lands or standing standing up for the for the kids that um from the parkland school shooting like i i stood up and uh, actually can i share one thing real quick sure oh uh, so i went to the uh to the um why can't i think of their of their rally what's the name of their rally of March the uh, for uh, March lives. for Our Lives, thank you. So March for Our Lives, that was also in Sandy, so that's your district. Um, it was at the event center there. So I show up and the NRA is just having a heyday and they're screaming at these people. Those I'm just, fucking guys. And, what, what, yeah, and then there's the Utah Gun Exchange. So the Utah yeah, Gun Exchange. Guys, guys. So what they do, they actually follow these Parkland kids around. Um, and with a fucking vehicle with a damn fifty cal. With a fifty cal on top, they have a, a mounted fifty cal. And yes, I get that it's not a real fifty cal, but it looks just like one. Yeah, they can't shoot bullets, but it looks like a fucking fifty cal. And you're chasing kids who literally still wake up with the screen or their dying friends uh, in, in their minds and they wake up from a cold sweat and I told them as much and so this is what I want to share with you I, I confronted them again with my American flag uh, straight up and went to them and said you do realize that for you to, to for you to chase these kids and I had this guy scream at me shaking we don't chase we follow a distinction without a difference and you're screaming at me about it <laughs> anyway um, so he's um they follow these kids with the 50 cal. I say for you to do that to these kids who likely still wake up hearing the screams of their dying friends. It's like you finding out I'm an Iraq war veteran and you start chasing me around with an ISIS flag. It's fucking gross. Sure. It's protected by the first amendment, but it's fucking gross. 